Blog Talk Radio. The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to 
But back to the regular scheduled program The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven At 11-11, emerge at the other end Of those meditation portals And elevated walk tools Even some abort tools Any questions, comments or concerns Press 1 To everyone else Thanks for attending another session I'm pleased to teach but it's an honor to learn Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are!
And tonight's episode won't be any exception. This brother, Brother Sutek, is someone that we have been waiting to bring forth. Brother has, you know, information to share and a dissertation that has been well awaited, and the time is now. So with no further ado, let me open up the line for my co-host, bring in Brother Rad. Peace. Peace to the family. Peace to the family. Welcome to No Less Radio. This is your brother, Red Pill, reporting live and direct. Greetings to the universal family. Peace. Indeed. We here. <laughs> we yeah. back in the building. We actually Definitely. made it. Definitely in the building. Oh, man. Shout out to my brother, Buddha. <laughs> my brother, Monumental show. I mean, words can't describe the um, transmutation in terms of perception and overall understanding, overstanding, and understanding that Friday's broadcast did for me. You know, in that short amount of time, brother was able to do decades of work, you know, uh, learning-wise. It is truly the quickening because I was able to learn. It was a lifetime of deprogramming because that program, that code that he cracked, that operation system has been running for the duration of not only my lifetime, but my parents, 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 parents. He haven't been under this spell forever, but for the time that the spell has existed, it's been very effective. And it has created Mm -hmm. worlds and dimensions and and, and caused a series of, you know, every action has a reaction. So think of all the action that has been created, all of the action that has been demonstrated by way of one speaking what one perceives to be, you know, their own thought into existence. Mm-hmm. Like, Indeed. take into account what people say about the certain vibration of music that they quote-unquote criticize, and they like, yo, that music ain't no good, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, come on, you're being too judgmental. You Oh, you don't understand what's being said. You know, you out the loop. But if you really understand what's being said in terms of the criticism of the certain crop of music that our brother Black Dot has cleverly labeled hip-hop, <laughs> is that the tonal frequency is set at a particular modulation where it's, 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 you know, its resonance is very low. But what's being said as well, people be like, yo, I'm into the beat. The beat don't change hip-hop. Mm-hmm. This was being said. Every time hip-hop was changed, it was because of the person that brought it forth, how they were saying something, and what they was talking about. Indeed. That's what changed the conversation. The fact that they had a sonic soundscape behind them made it even more the better. But Dr. Dre's beats wouldn't have hit. N.W.A. would have changed the game just for Dre's beats. This is what they were saying and how they were saying it. I don't know too many. You know what I'm saying? How many instrumental albums went platinum or changed this? this, (laughs) How many instrumental albums? This is the difference between, yeah. 
and 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 not to because they weren't necessarily instrumental albums that went platinum, but we knew before at a tone at a time when we spoke in tone and frequency, and that was via the the instruments, right, the brass instruments and things of that nature, and other instruments that incorporated our soundscape that we call jazz. Big up hypnotic. Brass and exactly. sound please. Yeah, they they were they showed me how you could speak through those brass instruments in a modern day concept through uh, 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 through the hip hop culture. The brothers are, you know, we're cut from that. They're cut from the hip hop cloth, and they were the ones. Not to say that I didn't bear witness prior to that with the um, exposure or the influx of jazz music that our father um, immersed us in, but those brothers were. You know, they were the ones who did it for me to show spoke, me that. Right, yeah. They spoke our language. Speak, yeah, and you could speak through brass. You could speak through the instruments and their, the frequencies and the tones that they were utilizing, and it it, it took them where they have where they where they are currently, and that's you know on on tour. They've been on tour for about forever. Oh, right. I mean, on the world. Could, yeah, you could Google them, family, and I don't even think they they may not. They got they, a bad, they just put a documentary out on them. I think huh? it was in Tribeca. Right. Hello? Because it definitely yeah. was out here at the Pan-African Film Fest. So, you know, these brothers are legends from the streets of Chicago, eight brothers that made it out the hood. Their father used to play with Sun Ra, okay? And they picked them instruments up, and they infused hip-hop, with instrumentation, can you please spell out hypnotic for them so the people that are hearing this can Google H-Y-P. them and get that experience? H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-C-H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-C. Remember they used to do the H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-C. Hypnotic brass. Hypnotic brass. B-R-A-S-S. Ensemble is E N S E M B L E. Please be my, you know, please Google these brothers. It won't take any time to pull up the uh, archives of music that the, uh, these young gods are creating and sharing with the world. They are globally known, respected, appreciated, you know, internationally, galactically, I might even say. Brothers are a success story. So salute to them and all of their supporters. Yes. No. Salute. So, I want to do it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. We're going to do something in terms of uh, bringing the brothers forward and speaking to them about tones and frequencies and their world travels and how they've been received and what are some of the secrets that have been told to them by the legends and the greats and people abroad that know the science and the information because these are Moors as well and they're cognizant of who they are and that's how they travel the world. So they're definitely going to have some interesting perspectives and I think they could tell you a lot about what that abuse would be like now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but what, 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 what I want to address is that I got a lot of phone calls and responses about this last episode, and in particular, people were commenting about the fact that they were on their fifth, sixth, seventh listen. Now, with the brother 
had came forth and did and what we all participated in as a unit, right, as a monad, the one and the four, right, there were four of us on the program that night. So mm-hmm. see how the science goes. You had a November 13th Scorpio in the form of AA there, right? You got the twin pillars, the two Ps, 1114s. And then you got the Buddha Clink, 1115. Nigga, that's pie. Form a hole, which is the pie. And that black dot is in the center. And everyone is revolving around his circular thought. God damn it, I need a bomb. Where them shits at? Hold on, my thing could be delayed and all that. Going in. I'm going in. I know I am. That being said, family, you know, let me open up the brother's line. I think income is not come off line. Income is not come off line, but I believe he's back in the building now. Peace. Lord. Yes. So, yes, I can. So, like I was saying, we formed pie on Friday night. Four Scorpios, four Elevens, forty-four. What the fuck? Huh? And you ain't even know it. Yeah, we didn't even put that. That wasn't even intentional. I wasn't even reading. didn't even know it. That's what we're talking about. That's the math. That's the science and the information that comes from that triple blackness, that very carbonated place for thought. So there's some people, because this bill was on such a high level, you understand? It's for people that have really done the work. But the fact remains that he's also been able to teach it. The children. So we understand in the AV world, the audio-visual world, there needs to be some um, visual assistance in, in terms of, you know, something that people can read or look at in, in terms of a chart to interpret visually. So the brother will be coming back. We are putting together um, presentations and appearances that we will be making around the country as a touring unit. Everyone bringing forth their art. These lectures will be in the form of art shows because all of these bills have art to incorporate them to get a dimensionality. This is what he's saying to be seen. It also can be rendered in an artistic expression. Feel me? So Mm -hmm. what I want to do real quick for ourselves and for the audience, I want to bring this brother forth and give him five minutes to explain what the next few steps are going to be in regards to following up where he stopped on us. Indeed, indeed. Yes, indeed. So with no further ado, call us from the 213-804. Go to Quink. Wait till the line opens. Indeed, it's coming. 
any second now, and um, you know, I think next week Tuesday we just gonna have to do a straight forty-four show because it's it's too much. I can't. It's flooded right now, B. That's what the dam is broke. Feel me? Yeah. So next Tuesday, like, you know, family, if if you didn't get to the movies this week, you might want to go see Maleficent. You understand? And <laughs> see how that shit lined up with the whole Morris TMZ week and everything else that they were pouring into. And then, you know, tell me I'm bugging. Queen of the Moors, she lived in, you know, they were... She was the queen guarding Moorland. Mm, Crazy. Interesting. Crazy. You know, but when you go and peep the story, it's, 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 the story that's being told is profound. It's profound, mm-hmm. you know, and it leads right back to the conversation that we had Friday night. You know, just like when I seen X-Men to the conversation from Friday night and many other conversations that we've had here on KTL because Friday's appearance appearance wasn't an isolated incident. You know? There's been some profound shows in the last two or three months and the people that have brought forth this information are of that type. You know, these are the mutants. These are the people... They are totally, you know, mutating the, quote-unquote, you know, the illusion of this reality. The veils are definitely, you know what I'm saying, like somebody hit the, the veil with a shotgun pellet. She got holes all through it. And there's various different people with that, with that, with that narrative, with that story that are coming forth. And truth and falsehood can exist in that same space. I'm waiting on the brother's line to open still family, having a uh, one of those studio moments for my Mac. Give it a second, y'all. Let me pull it up on my end oh. see what I can do. Yeah, please do. So, yeah, you know, I definitely... The, the, the power narrative that the world is being exposed to and they're actually, you know, vicariously participating in. Yeah. By default. Yes. You know, that, that outer narrative, once you identify where you exist in it, then you identify yourself as the center of it, then you want to identify that it's all revolving around you, Mm-hmm. And when I say you, I'm not talking about necessarily the family as individuals, but like he pointed out and made mention of, and I think that that needs to be a new word that's coined and used instead of the quote-unquote conscious community. We need to do a show where we, you know, pull a tombstone out for that word, the family of nations. No? Should the family of nations. Nation. Yeah, because people come by the uh, flying different flags. Okay. Brother uh, Buddha, 213-804. Peace. Welcome to Another Less Radio. Yo, peace. Peace to the family of nations out there. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just got to pick up some of my brethren, man, because I got a call, man, from my brethren from 706, my brethren in the CTT, my brethren in Watts. Big up to y'all. Big up all my Biltmore brethren, my Bronx brethren, my Stone Mountain brethren, my brethren in the deck, all my Zoe brethren in Florida. You know what I'm saying? Big shout-out to all of y'all. So don't call me with no, I didn't give y'all no big no shout-out, all right? All right, because I'm a real brethren, you understand? I got to make the people know that. I am a real entity out here. I'm not no alien. I'm not no agent, all right? What we have to do for y'all, he already explained we're going to travel with the artwork, and I'm going to be handling these seminars. We're going to start opening an a, 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 a online education course in English. It's only going to be $10. It's $10, and I'm going to do four classes for the month. So it's $10 a month. I'm going to do four classes. I'm going to teach you ten fundamental sentences broken down to the ten Zephyros, show you the 22 patterns of the language of phonetics, show you the five vowel sounds and how to incorporate that into your tonic manipulation of the sentence so you can have some effect and results when you're dealing in this reality with this language. Secondly, we're going to come on and have a question and answer program where we are will Give you dates, times, periods, if that's what you want, and um, we will elaborate and further expound upon the development of the natural resource I just gave to the people to go out there and mine, you understand, and find something um, very appropriate for them to apprehend what's going on in, in this so-called reality. Now, and the reason I say that is what you have to understand is that in this reality, what y'all call the white man, what I know is the Eurasian, works on theory. So that means nothing yeah. that you say can be proven, and it starts in falsehood. All theory starts in falsehood. When you pose your so-called hypothesis, all right, which is your thesis and your regular statement in, in essay writing, which comes out the mathematics of the fundamental equation analogy that all mathematics breaks down to, if you want the evidence on that, Go read the Tractitus, all right, the Tractus, all right? I call it the Tractitus, the Tractus. Go look that up and, and delve into that, and you'll understand the proof of what I'm talking about on that. Now, in terms of that, with what you call the Eurasian, dealing with what is known as theory, which starts with fiction, which starts with the double falsity within what they call the logic code. Now, they go... And there's been what we call gravity or grace existing on Earth for um, millions of years amongst what's going on in the condensation between what you know as stars. And you're living on a star called the Earth because it's shining to other stars that's in um, a different disposition in reference to the galaxy. That's why it draws light over here also because it gives off light. But that's a whole other deal. But getting back to what I'm talking about, they start with friction, a man that was seeing an apple fall. And it's very important that they tell you the apple fall. And remember, Eve seducted you with the apple. So then somebody mm -hmm. like Newton see an apple fall. And this is emblematic of the fall of what they call man, which is they self into this third dimension reality. Because ourselves as tones really don't understand this third dimension reality. We don't exist here, but we're forced to be here. It's another story. And the gods out there know what I'm talking about. So anyway, they can take a fiction like that, and he'll create a fiction of thermodynamics. Uh, and our thermodynamics from that fiction, 
They'll end up giving you a car that's bust based on the combustible engine that um, corresponds to his fiction, his Newtonian physics. And you'll fall in love with that car and kill your woman over that car, kill your brethren over that car, live your life to put your rims on that car. That's how this fiction works, my you. And then when that fiction mm. run off, they'll drop another fiction on you that they created. And they'll tell you it's the, the theory of relativity. And they'll give it to a dumb nigga that they call Einstein that's supposed to be a scientist. They never could explain anything that they accredited him for. Now, that's a whole other deal. But the niggas out there that understand me know what I'm talking about. Now, straight out. And they'll take that fiction and they'll create the atoms, split it up, particle accelerators, blow your world up, nuclear um, nuclear submarines, nuclear fission, nuclear physics, all type of things. And then when that fiction is done, they'll give you quantum mechanics, which they created way back in the 1800s. The theory of quantum mechanics came out the 1800s. And if anybody don't believe me, go into the research of who developed the theory of quantum mechanics. And then they'll wait. And when that theory ran out, they'll drop quantum mechanics on you. Then they'll use that fiction that theory, to start going into creating nanotechnology. That's how this reality works. So what I tried to do in the build and what I'm going to explain to you, and what I've given you is a new theory of logic for the melanated peoples, the people of carbon that know how to transfuse and diffuse this light spectrum into a syncopation and signification of reality that corresponds in how you use and appropriate language to create space in a place where their logic box doesn't allow space to exist. And that's why every time you recreate space, they come and invade it. And y'all call mm-hmm. it white supremacy, but y'all don't understand this logic and how they're actually operating. And the brothers in the know, I don't know why they just won't give it to the people. I don't have to get into the... The, uh, the factual things that I know about the government and all of this to explain to the people the simple logic of what's going down and how they lock down. So what I've done is given our community, our family of nations, a new theory of logic to go mine, and we can start creating a reality in language and actual expression and art and the way we start conducting ourselves is outside of their reality. I've already expressed that every person that wants to do music should not market an album anymore. They should write and copy and reproduce all their lyrics as books. And brethren should have publishing deals. And we should sell books. And we should not have any interface with what is called the record industry. And you produce, publish your own lyrics, and work out some type of cut with the producer, and you give the album combined with the music that has been composed and written out in notation or digital code to the people as a book, and we start our own way of distributing our music where we do not have to go a million multi-platinum to get a few pennies and points off an album, that what we have written and published is an actual book, an inclination of the tone, a way to break out and this broken logic. So I'm about to give some classes with what I know, and um, I'm never going to the public school system again. I felt the 10 years I served there was for a purpose. It's complete cipher, helped a lot of youth, 
and also helped a lot of the enemy, and that's what hurt me because when you're in that system, you have to deal with everybody, and you have to deal with this thing called equality, and you really can't account for the equity unless you really have a certain type of heart. And the equity will bother you because you will have people that you are molding and will take your knowledge to work against the family and nations. So from now on, I'm creating a new space on this Internet to give everything I give into the public school food or whatever you want to call it system and um, actually give it to the people. So in this class, yes. the class that I'm going to start operating is really for the youth and the children of the people of the families and nations whose children are caught up in the classroom and are not really understanding this language, do not know how to read, the teachers have not read the novels that they're speaking. You're speaking to someone that has read at least 6,000 novels. All right? I'm not lying to you. If you name the novel in American literature, you name the most obscure author that is considered and canonized in American literature, your boy knows it. All right? So I will help the children, and they will become superstars in that food system. All right? So that's our move. And um, that's what's going on. It's a whole new syncopation and signification going on. It's a new space in reality. I'm not selling you anything. I'm giving you something to mind so we can actually have a theory to start formalizing our entity around as a people that doesn't that's actually right. have anything to do with the logic that they've introduced in the world. We understand it now, and I'm just going to reveal it. So... I don't know right. what more to say to the people. And the next thing I want to do is anybody that comes on, people, to the show, give them your full ears, give them your full attention, listen to Brother Sue Tech, any brother that comes on, even if they're in the contrary point of the logic spectrum. That's okay. That can teach you more about how the contrary reasoning works, how that logic works, how they put you in that box how the brethren are formulating their arguments and sentences. It's not a negative thing. It's something you can learn from. You can learn the power of our language, how you responded to the way this brethren's tonal frequencies captured that word that you never heard before, and you had heard it before. And because the way this brethren's frequency hit it, you had to go look it up. You know it meant something. And then you realize you had to, you heard the word on television, you heard the word in, in high school. You've heard the word everywhere, but whoever said it didn't have that frequency. It didn't strike you like that. So make sure your ears are open and you understand it, that all these brothers are creating our space for a new form of this logic to work. My whole thing is I understand what's going on in a different way, and I felt that Another voice was needed to be added to complete our whole, and I just decided to add my voice out there for the people. So other than that, I don't know what more to say to the people out there in the family of Nia Shans. Nia Shans. No doubt, brother. Everything that I know y'all got to get to y'all's show, brother. I don't want to take over the show because you know I can get into the field right no, now. No, 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 you, no. You've opened it up beautifully. Before we even brought the brother on, we have discussed the economic power that's now available in black. You understand? 
with yes, what it is that you're bringing forth. So if you would remain right where you are, I would ask our brother Red on the other end, and you please go to the studio and bring our brother Sutek in. Yes, sir. Indeed, please. All right, you know, call from the number seven. Five five three. Peace and welcome to Know the Less Radio. Hello? Yes, sir. I'm on. I'm in the house. I'm in the room. You did, Brandon. Big up to Tech. Big up to Tech. Peace to the family. Death to the Negro. What's up, fellas? What's up, yes. family? <laughs> I was, I was catching the tail end of what the brother was saying. He was he was hitting on some power. Yes, yes. This is the brother Buddha Kling. This brother did a paradigm shifting episode last Friday for the rise of the Logo Sapien, where he explained the linguistic dynamics of how they have people locked down, utilizing linear um you know uh, linear logic, and right. He brought forth a system that's able to reverse that. And what his brother is noble enough to do for the family is not charge them for changing their paradigm, but saying instead that the family can develop it into a economic vehicle for themselves. Because once you see how this man has played his game, you know what I'm saying, then you know exactly how to not only remove yourself, but now you become amorphous in the matrix. You know, you can start removing people, but the more that we create this conversation amongst ourselves and we amplify the whole aspect of the thousand monkey syndrome where when we turn on one light, a thousand lights turn on with it because we are, right, interconnected and interrelated with one another through spectrums of, 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 of light codes and energy. This realm is an illusion. You know who we are. Shit. Can you tell them about 125th when you get to that corridor? How warm it does it get on 125th in the rest of the city? <laughs> yeah. You could jump Yo, on 124th, be walking from Yo, anywhere, converging from any side. When you get to 125th, that shit gets 10 degrees, at least 10 degrees hotter than anywhere else. And that's you because of all of that me, energy that's tired. Huh? 126th used to draw me off 126 every day when I was in Harlem. Straight up. 126 Second Ave, right across from the bus station. Now, yeah, don't even tell me about it. I was out there. I know the energy that's on 125. Trust me. And I love everybody, man, the family nation. I want one, I wanted to one, reiterate one thing. Yo, family, when I do the class that I'm talking about, there's $10 a month. That break down to two dollars and fifty cents a class. You get four. That money's for KTL University. We're building the university for the people. You understand? Everything is for the people. And I'm trying to give you this knowledge for pennies. Just so this university, my brothers Blue and Red Peel, and everybody that's working and functioning in the administrative value, they got value and they're mining what we're doing. You understand? I want everybody to know that, that this is about building our university. I feel you, brother. We need that. We need that. We need that re-education. You know, we, uh, we've been led astray, run amok. People have us fighting wars that we shouldn't be fighting. 
people have us um they they they're doing a magic trick on us. The 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 main premise of magic is misdirection. Have the have the audience looking one way while they're pulling the trick the other way. Right. And that's right. how they have that's how they have Black America. They have us looking one way while they're pulling the trick on the other side and and we don't know what's going on. And as a result, we fall for the same type of tricks over and over and over again. So but once we learn the system once we learn the system under which we live then we'll know how to combat it. You can't com- can't compete against an enemy if you don't know the rules of the game. And we need to learn the rules of the game under which we live in. You know, there's 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 an idealistic situation and there's a realistic situation. You can't get to the ideal until you deal with the real. So we have to understand what's real, deal with what's real, and work to the ideal. A lot of times our brothers... They mean well, but they want to jump to the ideal without figuring out how to control what's real. And, you know, in, in, in terms of our our situation economically, that that's where I feel we are. I feel a lot of the brothers, they mean well, and they're doing the best they can, but they, they're stuck in trying to make an ideal situation without having a full understanding of the rules of the, the real game of what's around them. And as a result, they they look for, how could I say, they look for tools and remedies that don't exist. You know, we, we, we have to do a MacGyver. We have to use the tools and remedies that are at our disposal in order for us to get on a firm footing before we can take any steps. Our foundation is weak. We have to strengthen our foundation with what's with, with some real, real strong fundamentals. And once we get those strong fundamentals, then we can strive to create an ideal situation. And and in my in my presentation that I gave, that's that's the old, that's the underlying theme that I'm trying to get, get across to the people that we have we have to deal with what's real around us and use the real tools that are around us to to build a strong foundation and then we can strive to get to that ideal situation. Yo, everything you just said was right and exact, Reggie. That's how I feel about it. That's just I, I, it's serious. What you just said is is, is 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 real, and that's the whole platform I'm coming from is that establishing that read like I even want say say I want to pull pennies be for real I want to pull pennies through KTL University and start issuing loans to brethren that's in the family and nation, and then you develop whatever you mind out of our new logic into an economy, and off these micro loans we start building our own banks. You understand me? Brethren that know how to secure property um, and pay these taxes off is starting to house our people and not running around promoting this commercial um, Jesus Christ image that because I can do certain things, I'm a little bit 
you know, more off better. No, we start pulling this into our community and actually using the knowledge we have collectively within the families and nation. I, I wouldn't care if you were a Hebrew Israel. You need a crib. I know how to secure the crib. Brethren, get your crib and do your Hebrew Israelitism and keep my community safe. Because if you're doing that, you're not robbing my people. You're not doing anything to hurt my people. You're actually breaking out that logic box and creating one of the flags within the family of nations that needs to be represented. That's what I'm talking about. We start pooling money together and, and making loans to each other and, and creating our own system of banking and finance so that when this thing um, do what it's going to do, we can one of our brethren in our nation. We all nationalize as different nations. We create our own currency and give it a value. Everybody here wants the black man's currency. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Well, we could yeah. set up. Everybody would want to invest in the black man's currency. Who wouldn't want to build with Malcolm X face on it? I wouldn't even spend it. I wouldn't spend my Bob Marley bill, my Malcolm X bill, my Marcus Garvey bill, my Noble Drew Ali bill, my Honorable Elijah Muhammad bill. Who would spend that money? Everybody in the world wants that money. And we can right start now. this with microloans by setting up our economy and our system outside they state. And when they start popping off, it's going to pop off because we already set up. That's what I'm about. That's why I said everything that y'all are throwing out there is a natural resource, Regiment. Don't get mad when you find somebody in New Orleans bootlegging your CD. You put out a natural resource. He don't owe you nothing, straight out. He was healing his people. You understand? These are our natural resources, and we got to mine them and and create our own way of doing this thing, right up under what they're doing. So when they stuff collapse, we already prepared. We got our universities. We got our schools. We got our way of distributing what we need to distribute, and this is not a joke. I bet you this week somebody's going to be printing up Malcolm X money. Uh, <laughs> and I'll buy it now. I'll buy it. Listen to me. Whoever out there going to print up the Malcolm X money, who the clinks to buy the first dollar from you? Because I know it's going to be worth some eventually. Can I share they put out Malcolm X stamp. That, uh, you I'm real serious, we're, we're man. We're a long so way, way from printing up our own currency. No, it ain't got to have no value other than the fact that somebody knew it's going to have value. You understand? It's the theory of it having value. You understand? Mm-hmm. When you said you were a long way from creating, it was a long way from creating the goddamn combustible engine when that nigga said the apple fell. You understand? So just because somebody get inspired, to go make them out. It ain't got to be worth shit. Somebody go pay them for it. Then that creates value in it. The fact that we want it is what I'm saying. So that when this thing collapses, we're prepared on that level of thinking for our economy. Because we ain't got to really worry about what they do in nuclear. Certain things in nature go take care of that in and of itself. We've already seen that. We just got to be prepared as a family of nations to keep functioning. You understand? And our yeah. people ain't going to function if we ain't prepared to function. You know how he's forty and so I understand what you're saying, brother, and you know it. That is a, an ideal to strive for, 
but that's like step 10. We got to start at step one. You know what I'm saying? We, that, what, what you're saying, I agree with you. That's, that's an ideal to strive for, but that's not step one. And as long as we keep skipping step one through nine and, and start at step 10, we'll never get off the ground. All right, brother. I'm going to ask you what's step one, because I say step one is the theory. I want to know what your step one is. Step one is the theory. Step one is the theory. All right. So so I'm saying the theory is is the new logic that's going to manifest. And if someone out there has moved to step 10, us that know what step one is in terms of the fundamental processes, and how to change the mind or however you want to go at it governmentally or structurally step, and unifying the people. One, step we can't, can't tie them brothers, though, is what I'm explaining. Uh, understand this. Step one is the re-education of your people. That, that's, that's what step one is. Step, step one is the re-education of the people. Step one is to teach the people the, the construct of the environment under which they operate, under which they live, the factors yeah, that influence, influence the factors that influence their daily lives, the factors of the competition that they face every day. What is the motivation behind the competition? We live in a capitalist society around the world, not just the United States. What what's going on here is, isn't just isolated in the United States, this is a yeah. capitalist world economy. So we need to understand what capitalism is, what motivates the capitalists, you understand? and stop looking at people as our enemy and start looking at them as our competition. And how we get in the game right now and compete in the game, because every until we can get in the game and compete in the game, we'll be, we'll be operating from a position of weakness. We have to get in the game as it exists now because this is the game that the world is on, not just white folks in this country. This is, what, this is the game that the world is on. So we have to understand that game, get in that game, compete, get strong, build allies, and then people will have faith in your currency, because you just can't circulate currency amongst black America. Your currency no, has to no, circulate no, around no, the world. No, Wait a minute. No, Let me finish. No. Let me finish. But you mentioned Our currency has to circulate around the world if we get to that, if that's a necessity for us, right? And the way your currency, your currency circulates around the world is the world has to have faith in the strength of your currency, whether, it, whether it's backed by gold, silver, or whatever, or a military, or a strong economy. And that's no, what I, I, country, yeah. that's what back this country's currency, which makes it one of the yeah, strongest yeah. in the world, is that it has a military and a strong economy. Yo, yo, brother, you understand? Yo, I understand everything you're saying, but what I was dropping was an expression. I was elaborating on the theory of us actually having a system in place and understanding that this is possible. And that has to exist in the mind as an idea first to break out of the logic that you can't do that. Now, what you're talking about is exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is while, while you're going, while your child is in public school, he needs to be in KTL University, maybe Field Valentine University, I don't care, Polite University. They need to be in these universities 
while they're doing that. We got to work double. We got to steal just the same way the Asian cat go to his regular public school and is still going around and, and got to go over there and learn whatever the Asians want to deal with on the weekend at their little so-called church that's supposed to be in the Christianity, but they're really using that as, you know, they front to build their plan. This is what I'm saying. We don't have to necessarily I, I use the church you. or anything to build our plan. I'm saying the family of nations, as we functioning in and learning how to get over and what you call competing in their system, we're also setting up our thing to where we're so successful in what they're doing. When they think collapse, the people that have this melanin, they have these tones, we're already prepared. You understand me? We're already moving in our own function. We already have the theory of, of how, to, how to codify currency to draw people's attention to the value of it because it's more than just the military and this, this, and that that um, attracts attention to your currency. It's also the science, the symbols, the energy that's placed into it by the energy of the people themselves and their will to make it a world currency and something respected by the world. So I'm saying that mixed what we're doing now, we need to be functioning in a more unified version where we're pulling our own money. We're the ones making microloans. There's a KTL bank. Maybe there's a superhero bank. There's a, there's a, a Sarnetta bank for microloans, for people who want to distribute this and that. So there's a loan process set up. We start building economy within our economy the same way these other people do, but we're doing it with our new form of logic. We're not doing it in their, their way of dealing with capitalism. We scoop in pennies. We came from the projects. We know how to live off pennies. We know how to make pennies billions. They take our pennies and make them billions. You understand? So that's what I was expounding upon, that while this is going on, yeah, I would like to see a brother print some Malcolm X money and can coming I, up I with a new design that? of it. And it may not be valuable now, but in my mind, that gives me motivation that one day this is going to be, it's not clown money. It's the brethren's art. It's his energy. It's his understanding of the logic. He's breaking us out of the concept of always looking at George Washington's face. You understand me? Needing a Benjamin. You understand me? Just looking at that is affecting our consciousness. You understand? Well, check it out, brother. It looks genuine. Yeah, right, right now, right now, listen, the, the concept of creating alternative currencies is not far-fetched. It's not far-fetched at all. And I'm sure Red Pill and Blue Pill can expound on this because they into the technology. They got something out oh, here I now called Bitcoin. I know about big yeah, currency. They got I'm not the talking Bitcoin. about that. I'm not really and talking about using the money. That's what you're not understanding. I'm talking about the, just the whole theory of setting up in a new form of logic that we can have our own and maybe an artist is expressing this that I would go out and support him. That was the right, point. Right. Yeah, but I just I want to add on the brother Sutek was building on as well is that we are in the throes of that. That has come to fruition in the now brothers. All we have to do, I'm gonna drop it in the chat room and I encourage everybody that listens to the show and is able to receive the stream to Google what is known as cryptocurrency, C-R-Y-P-T-O, cryptocurrency, C -R 
cryptocurrency is the currency that many of us have probably has heard um, when you hear the term Bitcoin. Okay, Bitcoins are a form of cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is a type of currency that is non-regulated by any of the banks whatsoever. It is it is a digital currency. It is one of the um, it is the currency what the internet or rather what radio was what video was to radio. You know how they say the video killed the radio and how the internet killed everything else. The internet is seen as a galacticus to just swallow things up. Well, the greatest challenge to the uh, federal monetary system is cryptocurrency. So therefore, one of the forms of cryptocurrency is Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is not the only cryptocurrency that's in circulation and it can be traded. So you can actually create digital currency, like you were saying, Brother uh, uh, um, Buddha, you can actually create a cryptocurrency tomorrow with Noble Drew Ali, Marcus Garvey, Elijah Muhammad, Dr. Ben, all of our luminaries, so we could begin. And the only thing that has to be, um, this is when it gets into the conversation about the circulation of the currency and how you empower your, um, your consortium and your network by circulating and agreeing to utilize bitcoins or cryptocurrency amongst your network. So, therefore, if I'm going to buy clothes, if I'm going to buy organic products, if I'm going to buy CMOS, if I'm going to buy any products from the pills, any products from Sutec, any products from Sarnetta, any products, books from Polite, all of the different books, books from Black and Nobel, if they agree to accept our cryptocurrency, now we have uh, effectively moved the fiat, the ferns, out of the way, the notes that don't have any value to them, and now we're trading our own currency amongst ourselves, and this is how it all began. So what I'm saying is what we are talking about can, can come about is already in front of us. So but thank you all for that, Bill. I agree with that. What I'm today, saying is that we need to build that net. We need to build that network, solidify our network, have rules and regulations with our that's network, my point. so that if we we're can not have solid, faith in if we're not that. If we're not solidified around our own form of logic, right, which we can have our different family nations in, then we're not ever going to achieve that solidification. We got to come out bay box of logic and start functioning. What with the logic that kept us alive as people under this oppression, and actually using that as a fundamental tool in how we relate to each other, you understand? Without the negativity, because we know how to get outside of them. We know brothers that can go and open and put up their currency in the trust fund to actually back our digital currency, and so that people will feel secure because they think you know, it's real now because we took a bunch of their um, fictitious money and set it up in a certain trust fund that's backing the amount of trading we're doing amongst the people. So the people that's in certain local businesses can still function with certain currencies that we don't even value as a people in terms of international trading and whatnot because they're operating in bonds and securities and and all the money that was invested in the trust is held in those type of currencies that are actually valuable and tradable on the international market so that the people feel secure in what they're – like we got people that know how to hustle and can apply this on a bigger level is what I'm saying. And we can hustle this system 
while we're building our own system. So that when right. this thing this thing fails, but we're not on we're not on just some bush liberty because our people ain't going back to the bush. We already know that, B. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying we need to really have a new theory of logic out there that the people's really fundamentally operating on that allows them to be in their different flags. So we take that contrary reasoning out of it. You understand what I'm saying, B? Indeed. Brother Blue. Yes. Yo, I'm right here. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I wanted I wanted to say that um in all fairness I want brothers to tech to have an opportunity himself as well to listen to Friday's episode and then this level of the conversation we can have amongst ourselves. You know what I'm saying? We can tighten up what the plan is. It's good that because we're, we're pretty much saying the same thing. You just have to, you know, you just got to round it out. You know what I mean? So we could, you know, sit at that round table and everyone want to see if they have different portions of this puzzle. We're very passionate about wanting to get it right, and I know that we have it right. I want to hear the brothers' dissertation, and we can discuss what needs to be discussed. You know what I mean? In conjunction with that. I wasn't arguing with the brethren or anything. B. I, I just um, no, I was just arguing. more no. more natural resources for the people to understand. You know, iron sharpen iron, and I love the brethren Sutek. Straight up, that's a straight up love, and I, I I appreciate everything. I appreciate the dialogue, the interaction. You understand me? Even though we're using these these facilities to interact right now, I I, I you know what I mean it's all love. I want the people to really Absolutely. know that. B. If y'all meet Buddha, Buddha's all love. B. You know what I'm saying? And I'm from the streets, and you know you can't survive in these streets if you ain't about all love. Everybody in the streets know that. There's really survived the streets. You understand me? Just in between that, just like all the other brethren, I happen to be blessed. I don't know where this blessing came from, where the entity came from. Unlike usable blessing, because it had too much Christian connotation. But you all understand what I'm getting at. Um, some light shined on me, and I'm 41. I've been sitting on it. My son died, and my son just came to me and told me, yo, B, I'm not here to get it, give it to the people, because what you have is something that people can really center their logic around and find a new way of combating the way these people have beat us down with their logic code. And that's what I'm doing for the people, B, basically. It's just giving that to them out of love, complete love. And I know that every community supports their natural resources. And if all our teachers understood that we were the natural resource for this new form of logic, that our people would step up, they would mine us, and they would protect us like we've always done. And we'd be all right. I consider that, yeah, that's a beautiful thing because now we have a beautiful mind like Brother Sutex that could put the mechanism or the system in place that, you know, you can you can have, like, we go to a car show and we look at the car, but it's the engine that drives that car. So if we have a platform we were talking about, 
viability of doing economics, black power economics, this brother saying, okay, I have the actual thing that needs to be mined or commodified, so now we can step forward into that international market and do business because if it's all based on us, if it's our intellectual property, how can we go wrong? So I, I, I want to hear what Brother Sutek has to bring forth because what the brother's good with is that, like you said, breaking it down to the, to the most oh, no, detail and then structuring it. So, yo, Brother Sutek. I'm yes, about sir. to get off the phone. I'm about to let Brother yes. Sutek do his thing. I love Brother Sutek. I'm going to sit in and listen. Don't don't yes. click me off the line because I'm going to sit in and listen. And I just love nah, Brother I love that, brother. And build and build on, you know what I mean, add to the natural resource for the people. You understand? And I love you, brother. And I don't want anybody to think there was any contention to me, between me and the brother. You understand? Everything was love. And I, and I respect all the family and nations. You understand? And I'm, I'm going to be doing what I expounded upon earlier um, um, pretty shortly. And anybody that wants to really discuss matters, um, it's going to proceed in the manner we expounded upon earlier to reiterate myself. So peace to KTL University, peace to KTL Radio, peace to everybody in family and nations, peace, brother. peace to Brother Sutek, have a great peace show. Family. I'm tuning in, family, here. This is Buddha Klinks, Sukumandani, the Anunnaki, the Caravaggio, Alistar, you know what I'm saying? All them titles people done gave me, I'm um, out of this place, you understand? Peace to the God. And all you niggas be aware of Jesus Christ's. Indeed. Peace, brother Sutek. Yes, sir. Indeed. Let me open up my own brother's line and line drop. Say that again, brother. I said I'm opening up Red's line. Line drop. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. I just built on it, though, right? I know. Yes, indeed. So, yes, Brother Peace. Yes. I'm on? Yes, you are. Okay. Please continue. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Well, me and some brothers, we got together a couple of years ago, and we were just looking at our condition, looking at our situation, and, you know, we're on 125th Street, and we look around at our environment, and we see, you know, the black people. 125th Street is like the main economic center of what we call the heart of black America. We call Harlem the capital of black America. And we look up and down 125th Street, and all the black people who live in the community, in the community, are doing business on the street, and the foreigners are in the stores. And the, the, the customers, they don't have any sense of loyalty to the brothers on the street, and their financial loyalty goes to the foreigners in the stores. And when you look at the other ethnic groups, when you look at the other ethnic groups, that is like a total contradiction in their communities. We could not go to Bensonhurst and open up a store. We could not go to Chinatown 
and open up a store. We could not go to Flushing and open up a store and do business. If we were in Chinatown and you sold toilet paper and you was the only person selling toilet paper, they would wipe their ass with their hand before they bought toilet paper from you. That is that community's policy to support their own. That is the unwritten rule amongst every ethnic group that comes to this country. Support your own. In in the in the presentation I did, I had read from a guy's. Uh, I think it was a dissertation he did for his doctorate degree, and he. It was on it was on the uh, history of black business in America, and what they did was they compared black people's existence and their business development to other ethnic groups that came to this country. And in in, yes. the, in the presentation I did, I said, well, you know, speaking for myself, when I look at white people, all of them is just white people, whether they're Italian, French, German, Spanish, whatever. They're just white people to me. But amongst them, the Italian looks at himself different and distinct from the German, looks at himself different and distinct from the Frenchman, looks at him different and distinct from the from the Irishman. So when they came to this country, they weren't looking at each other as, you know, a homogenous group. When these different nationalities came to this country, they solidified in their ranks and realized that economics was the way that they had to grow and to support their own businesses. Now, when we look around at the black community, we don't do that. So that was, and we realized that in order businesses in this country, you have to have access to capital. And that is one of the major impediments to black people controlling the economics in their community, having access to capital. We deposit our money in these banks, and these banks loan our deposits to other ethnic groups to open businesses in our community. Back in the 1930s, 1920s, that wasn't the case. We had our own banks that loan money to black businesses in the community. That's why we had hundreds of black towns throughout the United States. A lot of people talk about Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street, like it was the only there one. Was, there were 13 there other communities in Oklahoma. and There was 50. Um, Oklahoma had 50 black towns. But if we talk about Tulsa, they had 50 black towns. There was one that was specifically popping. And they were yes. like, Durham, North popping. Carolina. Durham, North Carolina was considered the first black Wall Street. Tulsa, Oklahoma it's came much later. You understand? So, you know, one foot out of slavery, <laughs> we was at our economic height. You understand? Yeah. And. And like I was discussing with Red Pill on the block earlier today in the video he was doing, money has to circulate within your community in order for your community to be strong. Black people, when they get their payments, 
24-hour period, we spend 95% of what we earn outside of our community. And that's a recipe for financial dependence. Other ethnic groups tell us our food, our clothing, and our health and beauty products. We depend on other ethnic groups for everything we do. We depend on other ethnic groups for our housing. Nobody does that. So much to the point where the African, Dr. Claude Anderson says that every ethnic group, the African, the Asian, the Hispanic, uh, and the Arab, they've been here less than 25 years. That's what Dr. Claude Anderson says. So when you think about the Africans in New York, and you look at 116th yeah. Street, you understand what I'm saying? Nine blocks yeah. from 126th Street. That's the center right. of their economy right there. And they yeah. control that's, all that's the businesses on that street. You understand? Yeah. That's because they have an economic policy. Black America does not have an economic policy. And until we get one, we will be the victims of the economic policy of all these other ethnic groups. Committed Science of Prosperity, along with other organizations, want to develop an economic policy for black America. And instead, we have to have an economic revolution because right now our economic system is the our economic condition in this country is the worst that it's ever been. Red pill, Amir is seven years old, six, six years, years old, old, six he's, years old. Yeah, he'll be 12 in November. Right. In, 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 in 11 years, he'll be graduating from high school. If he doesn't go to college, he'll be out looking for a job. In 11 years, who's he going to go to to look for a job? You understand? We have to create situations where we can employ our children. You understand? We have to create every ethnic group has financial institutions that support them financially, socially. We don't have that. When, when just two years ago, there were several politicians up in the Bronx that got arrested because they was having non-profit organizations that was loaning money illegally to constituents to run businesses, illegal payments, giving them illegal contracts. But that's how these politicians are looking out for their communities. You don't hear about these black politicians in our communities doing anything for any of the black people in our community. You understand what I'm saying? It was was a father and son team up in the Bronx. I forget their name. You can look it up, you know. They, they they was running a, a health care facility up there, and they were siphoning money off of that and, and supporting different black businesses, different Hispanic businesses up there in the Bronx and in Upper Manhattan. We, we, don't, we don't have that. And said our politicians don't cater to us because we don't have an economic base. We don't have an economic policy. Black America needs an economic policy. And then until we get one, we're going to be the victims of the economic policies of other ethnic groups. We spend an enormous amount of money outside of our community. And 
a lot a lot of people want to blame us for our condition. We're co-conspirators in, in in our condition, but I like to make the analogy of if you have a pet dog and your dog constantly shits and pisses in the house, that's not the dog's fault. That's the master's fault because he ain't trained the dog to do the right thing. Mm. We've been trained by society to do what society, what the greatest society. The brother was saying earlier, we need to have our own schools, our own universities where, okay, you can go to this public school system, but when our kids come home, we have to give them another education. You understand? We have to give them another education. Our kids are going to schools. Number one, they're getting the inferior education. That's no secret. The, the, any statistics will tell you that the schools in the black communities perform at a lower level than the schools in, in some of the other, you know, more predominantly white and Asian communities. So, you know, the cycle is when you're undereducated, your crime rate is higher, your unemployment rate is higher. When your unemployment rate is higher, your crime rate is higher. You understand? When your crime rate is higher, your incarceration rate is higher. When your incarceration right. rate is higher, your employment rate, your unemployment rate is higher. Unemployment There's a cycle right. that just goes around. And we, we have to break that cycle. But we have to create financial institutions. But that's why yeah. the emphasis is so strong on destabilization of education bases. We're shutting down all the schools in this area. They're like, how are you going to do that? Your schools right. are suffering. You just didn't improve them. You just straight shut them down with no alternative. And they like, it right. sounds like they're saying, fuck their kids. But their whole thing is they have already made projections 20 years into the future on a private prison industry. You know what I'm saying? And these are the things exactly. that are driving markets. So there's exactly. so much invested into it financially. The feelings are out of the window. The algorithm needs to know who the niggas are going to fill these beds. And they're like, right. statistic-wise, it says these people, and that shit attacks them. Like they showed you in Captain America, it attacks them. You know what I'm saying? Right. And the contracts oh. that these companies have with the states so, is that I, they say, I, look, I, we'll take over the prisons, but they got to be at 90%. You got to keep them at 90% capacity. Yeah. I want to reiterate, I had read an article a year and a half ago in the New York Daily News. It was about 125th Street in Lexington that has the highest prison population rate throughout the state. That zip code that encompasses that area has the highest incarceration rate, you know, and they were talking about not only incarceration, but they have the highest amount of people in prison for all the probation. So they were speaking about how that affects the community that all of these individuals are absent. I think this was around the time when somebody, it was an election time, but they were speaking about how that impacts these elections in these areas when these people are now being counted as voters upstate New York. And that's oh, allowing right. those particular townships now to get the funding instead that would be sent to these quote-unquote minority groups. They placed them right. in rural communities and now those rural communities are getting the contracts even though their population is in prison. What's fucking with that? 
Look, we're right, fulfilling our right. obligation of this particular um, population that is impoverished and in minority. We need these contracts. This is coming to them towns, and the people never see them. Or they hire the people for labor and pay them pennies to do the stuff that they're doing in the town working, and the, the town got the money actually for them. All of that, it all siphons back to our lack of an economic policy and our lack of controlling the economics in our community. Because if we control the economics in our community, we can hire people. When you go up and down 125th Street and you look at the people that are working in them stores, they're not black Americans. They're not black Americans. You understand? The, The foreigners are not hiring black people the way they should. Yeah. The way they should. They, they have some ago, stories. They yeah. have boycotts on 125th Street. They're not hiring black heterosexual males. Exactly. You know, they will They will have, for those who, you know, if you're just going in there looking for black faces, you'll see some. You'll see our sisters in there, and you'll see our brothers, you know, the majority, especially in retail and things mm-hmm. of that nature, are not. You'll see men with makeup. You see men right. with makeup, you know what I'm saying? But also and what you see a lot of is African brothers. You will see the African oh, yeah. the, 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 the African brothers working in the stores. Yes. You won't see the African-American sure. heterosexual males. That's true. But now, when, when, you, when you look at what the economic policy was of this country in 1712, it was to keep the woman out front and the male behind. And that was in the making of a slave. And like a lot of people liked it, that Willie Lynch letter in the making of a slave. But when you go line for line with what the letter says, you can make direct correlations to reality. Right. You understand? So whether the letter is a Willie Lynch was a real person or not, the practice is real. Yeah. It's like the, the protocol of it is real. Right. Right. The, the practice it's of it is like real. The practice of it is real. Right. The way that it's implemented is it real. real. The effects of it can be seen. If you look at it, you know what I'm saying, as a scientist, and you're like, okay, if this is theory, let me see if there's any evidence in society to support this particular theory. If you look into society, you see support and evidence. They, they and that was the economic policy of 1712. Right. And that's the economic policy right now. Black male unemployment right now in the United States is over 21%. And in order to be counted as unemployed, you have to be either collecting benefits or actively seeking a job. So the real unemployment number of black American men, they say, in, in all of the major cities, is around 45 to 55%. So when, when, the, when the unemployment rate for the country as a whole reaches 8, 9, 10%, the government gets involved and tries to institute stimulus to get yes. private and public hiring to get people back to work. But yet, Black men in this country are, are, right. are, are 40 and 50% unemployed, and nobody is addressing that. So since nobody is addressing that, 
we have to address it. We can't sit back and wait for the country to come and take care of us. We have to get out front and take care of it. And with the Comedic Science of Prosperity and the program that we're trying to put out here is addressing just that, us taking control of our own destiny. Every ethnic group and the government of this country, every corporation looks 40, 50, 100 years into the future and has a plan for that. We don't have that. We need to start looking down the road. We discuss history with the best, but yet we don't have conversations about our future. You understand? If you're not studying history to connect the dots to the future, then you're really just wasting your time. Then you really just want to sit around and show people how good your memory is because that's all we're really doing is reading information and reciting it to show how good our memory is. What takes the real thought is to be able to project into the future, take that history and project into the future. That's why all these military schools, West Point and all of that, they study historical battles so that they can project how they're going to fight future wars. You understand what I'm saying? They, they learn the lessons of history, of historical battles, so they can figure out how to fight for future wars and current wars. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We have been so conditioned to sit back and wait for somebody to care of us and do for us that we're not doing for ourselves, and we have to get off of that because as the conscious community we're so conscious of what this Caucasian did to us in the past and what he's doing to us now that we don't see the Asian and the Arab tooling up, getting stronger and stronger to be our next economic masters. And as you were saying earlier, I think it was Blue Pill, how the prison industrial complex, the privatization of it is, is going to be fertile ground for our children because they're going to be the ones that's going to be populating those prisons if we don't do something, if we don't get our act together, you know. And it doesn't take everybody. It just takes a small group to start conversations going about the future. We have to start concentrating. We have to add the future to our conversations, not just history. And if we're not using history to project into the future, then we're just wasting our time. Your consciousness is not measured on how much history you can recite. Your consciousness is measured by how much you'll sacrifice today so that the future is better than your present. To me, that, that's how you measure your consciousness, what you're willing to sacrifice today so that Amir has a better future than you did so that Amir's son and daughters have a better future than he did. we got to leave them something. We didn't leave this generation. We complain about this generation behind us now, but we didn't leave them anything to work with. That's why this cast is running around here talking about Jimmy Iovine is the closest thing to God. Yep. Because we didn't leave that brother nothing. We didn't leave him nothing to work with. So we, we need to build institutions nothing that deal with that. On one, one, Say that again. 
I said nothing. The only thing they could offer him is, is to pick, you know, the Willie Bobo. Like y'all, I could, I could give some of the yeah, contracts. Yeah, it's all with Willie Bobo. Yeah, you know, and the fact that they would offer to him, they could take it from him, just like they did. You understand? Yeah, I forget what was his name, Charles yeah. Hamilton. And, and you got to, yeah, like, his lifestyle is his economy. Why would he risk his economy and his lifestyle to tell some niggas on 125th Street what they want to know about the industry? The industry is what employs and supports these people's lifestyle. Choices. Right. Based on them wanting to be part of that industry and uh, uh, you know continuity of their lifestyle, why would they risk it? Regardless of what they're doing with their life or in their lifestyle, if niggas want to know about that, they should go to the industry. Who's going to risk that to tell the world or tell some niggas that want to know it that are not going to replace that person's economy if they lose their, you know, what I'm saying access to to, to their lifestyle. So we got to be wise about how we're approaching these people in the world that have made decisions based on the fact that there was nothing offered to them as an alternative. You know, this lifestyle didn't come with an economical platform. So the fact that people would easily opt to say, I'm going to choose to do this, you know what I'm saying, this hand at the quote-unquote the devil. Like if a nigga would sell crack, why wouldn't he go into the rap industry and do some other weird shit? He already made a deal, you know what I'm saying, with a part of himself that he had to suppress in order to do that shit because he did it for dollars. He's like, yo, where he had to make that conscientious decision to say, if my father wants this shit, I'm going to cook it and give it to him. Right. So now that person is being offered an opportunity to, to, to not only get hold of the dollars, but also be part of the paradigm of which he has to be, you know, paying homage to because that's the game he's in. Who could get the most of this shit? Who could acquire the most debt? But look at the price that you have to pay and look what you're willing to do to the people that you love. Like, that's why children, niggas were selling work to their babies, the, you know, the, the people that want to babysat them. Man, and they used to cook you pancakes for the one that had to look for you, you know what I'm saying, when you ain't had no milk. Grandma Betty that had the sugar and shit when y'all ran out of sugar. Now she's smoking. She got to get that work. Who are you not to give it to her? You're a bad hustler. You want to sell? You might be out of business just for that. So you got to be all in to win it. If you're playing that game, you got to be willing to go all in to make a commitment to say, a nigga's going to die over this if he tries to take this. That's a commitment that you have to make to survive out there and to rise to the ranks, whether you put the work in or not. So if you've made that decision in that contract already, what the hell is the music industry to you? You're just trading one devil for the other. Right. Because now they want to a new piece of state, Cyrus. Right. Or Cypher. They like to sit down. You got a piece of... One master for another master. That's it. So, it's imperative that we do not make the same mistake. Half the consciousness has to be a now 
economic platform where it's like, oh, we got a record label, we got a digital label right over here, Charles Hamilton. We have an 11 million subscription base, Charles Hamilton. You can put your music out to us. You know what I'm saying? Right. If we don't have that to offer as an alternative, then we have no place trying to take from someone with theirs or what they perceive is theirs, that they're grasping for, regardless of what that is. What have we left these children? The parents is the one that brought these niggas to McDonald's. They didn't bring themselves there. You did that. You didn't know. Well, what, what, what I find amongst people is that people by nature are sheep. And that, that's how society trains you. And I'm not just talking about black people. This is all right. people. You said white, Asian, said whatever. They're, they're, they're sheep. But out of those I sheep, mean, if, if, if you're part of you have a different individuals that rise yeah. up, different individuals that rise up, that take a leadership role, that don't just work with their head down. They look up. You understand? They look up and they look around and they see the environment and they see what they're in. You understand? And that and that's people like us, EU, Red Tail, Sarnetta, you know, Polite, Ali Muhammad, James Smalls. You know, there's a lot of us that have raised our head up. The other sheep, they just work with their head down. And that's okay. That's okay. But the ones who's looking with their head up, they got to look out for the ones with their heads down. You understand? Otherwise, they're going to be led by the wrong people. And that's what's happening. We're being led by the wrong people. We're not taking care of the flock. You understand? We have to take care of the flock. We have to learn the system, take over for the people who's leading us now, and then once we take over, then we lead in the direction that we need to go in. But we have to understand the environment under which we exist right now. And I don't think that enough of us truly understand the, the, the environment in which we live today. You know, we can discuss a lot of things about history, but we have to have a full understanding of the environment in which we live today and what the motivation is for the behavior. All behavior is learned. All behavior is motivated. So we have to understand the motivation behind the behavior of our competitors. And once we understand that, then we can get in the game and compete, and we can have an advantage or at least be on a level playing field. Because whenever we as black people get in the game on a level playing field, we excel. And that's what they know. They know that. The other, these other society groups, they know if they let us get on a level playing field, we're going to excel, and we're going to be better than them. In everything we do that we're on the level playing field, we exceed every other ethnic group. So that's why the key to their economic policy is to stop us from having control of the economics of our community. If they can stop that, then they'll win throughout. Once we gain the control of the economics of our community, 
then we're playing on a level playing field, and we can take advantage of a lot of other things and now compete constructively with these other ethnic groups. And that's what they're afraid of. Hey. So what's the that issues that the comedic science of prosperity is trying to address? Step one, step one is we have to build financial institutions. We have to, we have to identify markets. There has to be, first there has to be like a leadership consortium. You understand what I'm saying? We, we have to look at our community as a business. We, I always say, unless we look at the black situation in this country through an economic lens, we will miss everything we need in order to succeed and to compete in this country. Because this is a capitalist system. This is an economically run and based system. Everything happens for the profit motive in this country. Capitalism, so the motivation behind everything that is done in this country is the profit motive. Now, we as black people, we got to change our concept of money. We cannot be afraid of money. We cannot look at money as the enemy. We cannot look at money as something that we hoard and sit on. We cannot keep the mistrust of one another. That's the oldest trick that the slave master instilled in us, was for me not to trust you, you not to trust me. And when he can do that, now he can sleep at night. When he, when he, when he creates dissension amongst the ranks, he can stay in control. We have to get beyond those issues. And that's why at the Comedic Science of Prosperity, what we're proposing is not new. It's old as, as, as business is in this, in this world. You understand? We form corporations and we sell ownership shares in the corporation to raise capital in order to build businesses and build an economy. You understand? Because, listen, you don't want to run amok of the laws of this country. Every ethnic group comes here, and they fall in line with the with the with the business laws, taxation laws of this country, and they succeed. The blueprint is there. We don't have to recreate a blueprint. The blueprint is there for us to follow. Amos Wilson wrote a book, Blueprint for Black Power. Everything we need is in that book. That should be our Bible. Fuck King James. You understand what I'm saying? Blueprint for Black Power by Amos Wilson should be our Bible. We need to create financial institutions. The way we create financial institutions, look, I'm sure a lot of the people in your listening audience right now that work, that have jobs, they contribute to a 401k on their job. Every time they get paid, the employer takes out 10% of their income and they put it in their 401k. Now, what the 401k is, you're 
you're making a blind faith investment. You don't know who the people are who you're giving that money to. You don't know what they're doing with that money. All you're doing is hope that they do the right thing and invest it properly. They could be investing that money in the companies that are set up in your community that's financially oppressing you. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what they're doing with that money. All you hope is that your investment appreciates over time. That's a blind faith investment. We need to have that same faith in ourselves as a community. So in Commandment Science Prosperity says, look, we want you to buy shares in the company so that we can build businesses within the community so that we can hire our own. We need to get on board with that. You know, and I'm not just saying Commandment Science Prosperity. Anybody that says, look, I like the formula Commandment Science Prosperity is doing, I want to do it. Because the formula is there. Marcus Garvey did it. Marcus Garvey did it. 1930s, 1940s, Marcus Garvey did it. Mm -hmm. And Jason seen him doing that. He was like, ah, this guy's smart. He got to figure out a way to circumvent what he's trying to do. Because he created a vehicle for black Americans to pool their money to solve their economic situation. Because remember, his thing came after the Great Depression. 1929, they had the Great Depression, and everybody was hurt. Everybody was hurt by 1929. The country had to fight a war in order to really to recover. You understand what I'm saying? They had to get into World War II in order to really recover from the from the Great Depression. Um, you know, Marcus Garvey comes along, and he creates a vehicle for black people to pool their money. Now, if something like what Marcus Garvey had caught on, if what he did had caught on around the country with black people, our situation would be totally different. People talk about Marcus Garvey and the Black Star Line with the ships, but this dude had businesses all over the place. He had several businesses. He had several chains of grocery stores right here in New York. He had laundry factories. He had, this man had a whole bunch of shit based on money that was pooled by black people. We need to get back to that. So when Facebook, when they sold... 400 and something million shares at $34 a share. They raised $15 billion in one day. What was that? They allowed the world to pool their money to invest in the company. And that's what we need to do. We have to have an understanding. But see, we don't need to understand. Everybody doesn't need to understand economics and finance. All you've got to do is have faith in the people you're dealing with. Integrity is what counts. We need people to step up with integrity. You understand? We need the people to step up with integrity that's going to do the right thing. With Committed Friends of Prosperity, right now we have Professor James Smalls and Professor uh, Kaba on up the Millie Zulu because he has a large lawyer network. And I'm reaching out to Claude Anderson and a brother named James Clinton. He's an economist from the University of Cincinnati. I'm reaching out to them brothers to be on the board of directors of Kinetic Facts of Prosperity. And we need to start a movement 
we need to start this movement and make it grow. And hopefully, 25, 30 years from now, we will start to see the real fruit of it. Understand? But we we, we, we got to start it because these other ethnic groups are getting stronger and stronger. And they're getting stronger and stronger with our dollars. You see, you see these, you see these Arabs on 125th Street with these stores selling you these sneakers, selling you that fake jewelry, selling you everything. It's just ridiculous how many products we buy. Yeah. Anything niggas want to buy? Say that again. Anything niggas want to buy? They got it. If they ain't got it, they have to got, got it. You know? Yeah. You know? And they're getting stronger and stronger with our dollars. Did you and see after what I what I said earlier about the fact that when they know to relocate a certain quote unquote minority zones, they become qualified, okay, for different loans of a different type. So post nine eleven there was a economic empowerment plan that was put into place to empower um companies in lower Manhattan to move to upper Manhattan that's when the whole gentrification thing really started taking root. But the stores that were uptown also became, through the, um, through the uh, economic plan that, that Washington had put together, the, you know, the economic empowerment zone. In exchange for Harlem, what they did was they got money infused into Harlem. There was 9-11 money, and that's why all of the quote-unquote Arab stores got facelifts all of a sudden. They went from bodegas to, like, classic Looking, uh, right. you know, coffee. Right. Right. You, know, you, know that, right? you know the right. You know the right. All them they used to At the same time, when they went like to war with Islam, when the same time when they was going to war with Islam, all the Arab stores of town got a facelift. Right. Did you know this that? is the funny part? This, this is this is the funny part about these Arabs, right? Depending on what's going on in the Middle East. Those brothers would change their nationality depending on what's going on. <laughs> when 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 Osama bin Laden was found in Pakistan, and the Pakistani troops was firing on the American troops to get up out of that compound, when they went in, they they had to sneak in to get him from Pakistan. A lot of them brothers in them stores that said they was from Pakistan. Now they was from another country, another Arab country. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They flip-flopped. Sometimes, at the beginning, they were from Syria. The United States had problems with Syria, and they're from Jordan. Now, the United States had problems with Jordan, and they're from Pakistan. They're going to move around, you know what I'm saying? And we don't know. We don't know where them cats is from. All we know is that, you know, they're controlling economics in our communities. We spend an enormous amount of money in those bodegas. We spend an enormous amount of money. You know, just in, in the lecture, in the presentation. And if you're in a family, if you on the phone, I get, let me say this, because a lot of people outside of New York can't conceive of what we're talking about. We're talking about 24-hour establishment. They don't have that in a lot of different hoods. Here in L.A., they don't do the 24-hour thing. And oh, it's okay. a Korean out here, so the family can't visualize. We're talking 24 hours, seven days a week. Those both days right. are open, family. They'll serve you at night in plexiglass. You can get whatever you want. There's somebody sitting at it. They put a youngster in there, sit him at the window. You know what I mean? 
If you come during prayer time, sometimes you got to wait. Sometimes they'll still serve you. Whatever time you got to jones for something, they windows open. Extraordinary economics in the hood. They say on average, each one of those stores might do $2 million a year. Yeah, in, in the lecture, I break it down because when I had the store on 128th Street, I used to go to one of those bodegas and get their sandwich or whatever all the time. So I saw one of the brothers, like, in the street one day outside of the store. So I asked him, I said, let me ask you a question. On average, how much money do y'all do a day? He said anywhere between 2500 and 3500 depending on the time of month. <clears throat> like beginning of the month when everybody gets their money and their checks, they do good. 15th that week, they do good, you know. But he said on average, like around $3,000 a day. Now, remember, they're open 24 hours a day. Between 125th Street and 135th Street, there's 11 stores. They're on every corner, some two in the block. When you do the math out with that, in that 10-block radius, that's $12 million. Ten blocks in just those ten stores. Now, you know, like I know, you could go into one store one day and see a brother behind the register. You go into another store another day, you'll see that same brother behind the register. And you'll say, hey, didn't I see you in the other store? He'll be like, yeah, that's my cousin's store. I was just helping him out that day. You know? So it's not like these guys are separate and apart entities. No, no, yeah. I had these gentlemen that I met in the Bronx, yeah, that I was about to do, you know, I'm going to be doing business with him, but he has access to a chain and it's part of the association. They have 110 stores, you know. <laughs> so, See what I'm saying? Yeah. See what I'm saying? Those are the kind of so, numbers that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and understand this, right? And they send it right back to their country. And that's Indeed. why, when you when you look at the money, when you see these brothers come here, like you say, you get a brother, he'll come all the way from Africa here to stand out in front of a store and hand out flyers. A grown-ass man will stand out in front of a store and hand out flyers. And you say to yourself, God damn, motherfucker, you came all the way from Africa to do that? But when you, when you, when you look at the dollars he's getting, the lifestyle he's living, you can estimate how much money this cat can save a week or a month. The Nigerian currency, I think it's a, a, a some type of franc. The currency rate on that is like 60-something to 160-something. I forget the number, but it's an astronomical number to $1. They here live their minimum saves over, say, say a brother comes here and stays here five years. And he can save twenty, thirty thousand dollars in the five years. He takes that back to his country. He's living like a king. Like a king. You understand what I'm saying? He's handling his VR. Look, yeah. I point this out to yeah, the family true. often. You know, if they were just through the knowledge to this, and this goes to prove that, right, the family of nations that we're talking about to come over here that allowed access over here, whether you want to believe they were smuggled over here or they came here on a student visa, ask yourself, how did they get here if not for the economic policy of their nation 
making deals with this country. So when this country wants natural resources in other countries, they make deals that are dealing with economic policies where they take on the people that are native to that country. How else can you explain a seven-foot African that stands on Fifth Avenue with red eyes selling Gucci bags and a nigga has a stand, but you can't sell right. you can't sell socks on 125th Street. Right. Please do the right. logic and understand this. If you were right. home and you made your own T-shirts, you have your own tag, your price tags in them, you have the shit on the collar, you know what I'm saying, you got your own designs, and you come out on 125th Street, which they said is the number one corridor of commerce in the country. Not Fifth Avenue. They didn't say Madison Avenue. They said 125th Street. So if the vendors don't see no money, who the fuck is making that money to rack that register up like that because 125th commercially does not stand that far? So how can they have top ranking in the country, even if they had it in the city? How can they be the number one commerce... um, uh, uh, you know, corridor of commerce in the city, in New York City, if there's that maybe that many stores between there, because they do business <laughs> unlike anyone else. Whereas and, 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 and in a normal store, on the 34th yeah. Street, you got stores like Macy's and all of that other shit. And the biggest store we have in Harlem is is the Harlem store, and that's yeah, on two levels. You have Macy's, you know. You got Macy's that sells everything so, under the sun. Right. If you can't stand on 125th Street and sell your own goods, even if you have a license, you still get harassed. How the fuck is somebody seven foot selling Gucci bags, Sydney bags outside of Saks Fifth Avenue, and they moving around the city? They selling Rolexes and everything else, and I'm not, I'm not taking shots at my brothers. I'm just pointing it out to say that they have to have some sort of economic policy agreed upon with this country where they're allowed to do that. How are they Brother, doing I'll it? Take one time step telling these people came on a boat, you don't know who they are. You you going at the Mexican talking about immigrants, but you have entire communities that are populated by immigrant populations that you say are, are unlicensed, but you don't mess with them, and they selling everything under the sun right in front of an open-air market. Check this out, brother. But they will I'll have take it one step further. I'll take it. Check this out. On 125th Street, you got Mexicans selling fruit that they cut up and prepare right there on the street. There's on a brother the street. That sets up on the street, he cuts up the pineapple. He cuts up the watermelon. He cuts up. All of that right there on the street. And when the police used to come down there and harass the vendors, they would walk right by them every day. You understand what I'm saying? And not only does he set up with his, he's got, he's got like a shopping cart, like a supermarket shopping cart, and on top of it he's got a little board, and he cuts up his pineapples, he cuts up his watermelon, red pill. You was eating one today. That right up on the street there. Nowhere else in the city could you get away with that. That Mexican, mm-hmm. well, he's not even a Mexican. He's probably from El Salvador. Ecuador. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they got right. people from one from, from West Harlem to East Harlem. They would not let they them have. do that down on 34th Street. They would not let them do that, get away with that anywhere else in the city except the black community. You understand? You know, I do have to say this. Let me say this, please, because 
I bought plenty cut up mango on 34th Street. We also have to realize that that how you telling me that you have an issue with immigration and the little Mexican ladies are selling the mangoes and and the Ziploc bags in the street. They don't get harassed. They be on the boulevard. They be on every block USA. They out here doing it. So it's a, it's 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 shenanigans. They they're counting the on these funds. Where's the help? Where's the help? If you've been down here, you can't sell food without a net around you. You have to have a sink on the premises for running water. You have to have, um, you know, something over your hands and something over your hair. And the health department is constantly coming around to check and monitor you. If you are a quote-unquote citizen of this state, you are so scrutinized at anything you do. But it's supposedly if you're an immigrant and you got here illegally, they on the block selling the hot dogs that they're wrapping bacon and open um, cook shit on, on the block. They got a little cart that they push around, and they're known around the city for doing this. So what I'm saying is that, again, it, it, it you know, it seems to be like mass smoke screens when they talk about what they're attempting to regulate, and the only thing that they forcibly regulate is how melanated people that are quote-unquote native to here try to get their economics together. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. See, we we look at we look at these these people, and we think it's a penny any business, but it's not penny any business these people are doing. When you look at these people selling the ices on the corner, the little Mexican ladies or South Salvadorian ladies selling the ices on a good day, they could probably make a hundred hundred fifty dollars a day selling those ices. Now, how do they live? You know what I'm saying? They probably live in, you know, multiple families to an apartment. Probably living. So they cut their expenses and they're saving their money. They're saving their money. That's why you'll see, you know, for for a couple of years, you'll see a brother out there selling ICs, and the next thing you know, he's got a van with equipment, and he's on the construction site. He's got a small construction business where he's working on construction sites, or he's got equipment and he's cleaning office floors and and all of that. These brothers is they're economically mobile while we're staying in the same place. Why? Because we don't have an economic policy. We don't we don't understand economics and finance and business and and all three terms are distinct and separate apart from one another. Sometimes we use those terms and we, we just lump them all thinking that business, economic, and finance all mean the same thing, but they don't mean the same thing. And we don't have an understanding of any of them. So what happens? We sit back and we get... <laughs> Uh, manipulated by those who do. Because the people who we entrust to look out for our well-being aren't looking out for our well-being because they're beholden to the people who support them. And it's it's the business, the community, that supports the political community. Yeah, we'll vote when they get in office they're going to be beholden to the people who contribute to their campaigns. 
and it's the business community that's contributing to these politicians' campaigns. So when they get in office, they do their bidding. Simple as that. And since in Harlem, we don't control the economics. We have little say as to what's going on, what's happening. So, <clears throat> you know, we 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 are committed friends of prosperity. Say, so you know what? Can I? Can I? We got it. Can I make a brief comment? Go ahead. Uh, because somebody mentioned something in, in the chat room, and I made a comment as well. I want to expound upon it. Do you think? that one of the things that we see in similarity with all of these situations that we're talking about, the quote-unquote foreign nationals that are occupying what we consider to be our quote-unquote communities, you know what I'm saying? And at the same time, the people don't take any stock of being, you know, native to this country or here. And I was looking at one of your, um, I'm looking at the latest Sidenetic clip, with Brother Sharif Bay, and he made mention of, he said that you said something to that effect about the importance of people at least identifying themselves as American or native to something because what we're talking about, what all of those people have in common is they have a nationality. And the fact that they do have a nationality, it appears that they're able to create economic policy with this country on another level where now their citizens, their citizens are benefiting from the the, the deals and the, you know what I'm saying that are made between nations. And they have a culture intact. Yeah. Black America doesn't have an identifiable culture. You understand what I'm saying? Our culture doesn't give us any rules and regulations on how we interact and deal with one another. Or, or do commerce. We, we take differences right. from everybody else's culture. I see black people running out here with green on on St. Patrick's Day. You understand what I'm saying? We celebrate everybody's culture, but we don't have a, a, a culture with norms and rules that we follow spread all over the place. I mean, I mean do, do you understand how crazy that sounds? That people is like, yo, I can't believe that European are moving into my community. I can't believe that the Arabs are selling something in my community. I can't believe the Korean is, you know, holding shit down in our community. And they'd be like, what? So what are you? Nigga, I'm African. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know how crazy that sounds? African doesn't even call himself African. You realize that, right? The African only sells in America. He's African. He was never African. Yeah. Nigga never been to Africa. Don't own one square mile of nothing there. But then they African, but no one said they're American, but you're saying somebody's in your community. How's it your community if you're not part part of parcel to the land? It's your community, but you're not part of the country or the nation right. or, or what flag are you flying? That shit sounds crazy. And that's why we are in a situation. What the brother was talking about early is imperative to implement. We have a system like how they say the the the, the what you call it got the auditing system, and that's why the nation is pushing them. The Dianetics folk or Scientology, they got this auditing system where they can help break people out of a particular trauma that they're in. What we're saying is that this new educational system is going to break them out of that logic where they think and back what they're thinking. Because they, when they open their mouth, they're canceling the contract. 
how's it your neighborhood but you saying that you you African? Right. How you have a pan African right. movement and you can get to Africa yet, but the Africans got here on good on good gets highest. How the fuck did they get here? <laughs> on the bottom of what ship? <laughs> they flooding. But, but see, they got we, here. We, they selling Gucci bags on one twenty fifth or on fifty ninth street. And niggas are right. still talking about a back to Africa movement. Why don't you get a buddy pass? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you get one of their buddy passes and do that thing? You know, what's the end game? You getting in the afterlife? What's the proactive plan to get there? What's the time frame? How many people are going? Is this shit inclusive of a Dr. Ben trip back to, to Egypt? Is that what you were talking about? Or you mean land or something? Like, what's our plan to do that? And why are we talking about doing it if we don't have a plan to do it? But if we're talking about being here, and if we're talking about this is our land, this is the land of the Moors, and we don't get emotional about that, but we know how to play that card, because it's a card at the end of the day. And we say it won't work for us, but we can identify that every fucking body else around us is playing that card, and it's working for them. Exactly. Exactly. So like I said, this, this, I, this is a beautiful presentation and discussion that you're having. And I think we need to have a closed door continuation of it in Harlem with, you know, chairmen of the board, the family of nations, bring everyone together and have them have this bill because we have the resources. It happens somewhere. What do we own that we could commodify as a unit on 125th Street to tap into the commerce to come through there? When we were out there, we had the genius plan to say, Remember, and you were there and you witnessed it. When that goddamn campaign kicked off and when the hood, we were the ones that launched that Obama campaign of commerce on 125th Street, but now we were able to do business with people that were coming off from tour buses. Right. Now everyone had to come uptown to see us. G came with a, a, a product that started on 125th Street on a fucking boulevard that brought him to the White House. He did that. We've seen it. And we all participated. That's the work Mm -hmm. that we put in. Why can't we see the value and what we have to offer the world and boss up on it right where we at? Right underneath your feet is gold. You're standing on gold. Now we have to unify the vendors like we've always been talking about, coming to a union on 125th Street. And if people put money in the pot, they're a part of that vendor association, then y'all could create a whole currency based on 125th Street commerce. And we can start moving as a unit and talking to these associations and telling them what we need and oh, give us the fucking mark back, open that up. And we can start really, really competing right next to them. But we have to start creating our own. The brother Cyrus L. has sneakers that he has a Kickstarter campaign for, this Morris brother. He has his own footwear. You know what type of business we would do if he opens his store right on 125th? Because he, he got the hottest piece of footwear I've ever seen. We got people in our community, such as y'all, that make the shirts that are starting the trend. That they have the international designers coming to 125th Street, and they're looking at Red Pills selling comedic shirts. Now, comedic shirts is the shit. Think about all them Japanese people that used to come to the table taking the pictures, caught on. And there's other trends that 125th has always been known to create, and that's where they come to look. So why not take ownership of that which has the most power 
and it's right underneath your feet. This conversation that you're having with the rest of the world is to get them on this campaign because why move or focus on anywhere else if we can lock down 125th Street? Well, that's, I'm glad that's, you brought that's, that up. That's what we're trying to do. It's a movement, man. We, let's we, not we, we try to do it. Let's, we, do, we let's gotta, be determined to do it and let's come up with a plan to do it. We have what it well, takes. This is, this is what I want to propose, Brother Blue, because I just got off the phone earlier before the show with Sinetta, and he um, basically laid it out that uh, he's putting together um, – a seminar where it's going to be me, Brother Sutek, Professor James Smalls, and we're going to, um, he's going to, you know, we're going to have a platform where we're going to be able to present our economic and technology uh, presentation to his audience and the audience from New York and all other tri-state areas that come through. I believe this is going to be an either late July or early August. So what we need to do from this point forth is to begin that campaign, to build up that campaign. I ultimately want to, um, you know, I I shared with Brother Polite and I also shared with Brother Sinetta the need or rather the idea of unionizing the vendors, creating a union for our vending brothers and sisters, not just at the lectures in New York City, starting in New York City and taking this outside of New York City to the other places where, I, where the vendors, um, you know, exist. And by doing such, we could utilize some of the um, the resources that are, that, that are currently not available to us, such as access right. to factories, uh, packaging, uh, being able to step up our product where we are offering, you know, flyers, business cards, the uh, stand-up, um, what do they call the stand-up, the stands that you had before, Brother Blue? I believe Sarnetta has it now. Yeah. The display stands and things of that the nature. Racks. So, no, not just not the not the display racks, not the DVD racks, but the stand-up stands. We're talking about the, yeah, yeah, the advertisement banners, stand-up banners. Advertisement. There you go. So we're proposing that we'll be able to offer all of the members of our union things such as that to enhance both their presentation, to enhance their brand, to build up the brand so when brothers and sisters come to these lectures or these workshops or seminars, now the the quality of the vendors will be stepped up to such a higher level that they will not be called vendors anymore. They will be respected and seen for what they are, and that is black businesses. Because people don't even, they don't even, they don't even, uh, see our brothers and sisters who are vendors as independent black businesses that are demonstrating at these events that they are self, you know, self-sufficient, self-employed black businesses. They have actually yeah. went forth and created products. Where, right. Also has created. Hmm? What other say? venue do creatives of, you know, their own creation, you know, creators and innovators that are coming up with their own clothing, with their own jewelry, with their own food sources, with their own beverage. Like, what other venue do they have to express themselves in if they're not getting small business loans and launching that small businesses 
those that are part of their community have to come to their community and can they get access to their community other through vending? What other venues do they have? They have an you online. Know huh? So I'm saying that, that, that you know of, yeah, now there's an online community where they can bring well, their particular business. Exactly. And Brother Sutek, uh, he will be able to fill you in on some of the um, opportunities that his uh, consortium is being, you know, is offering brothers and sisters who will become part of that union or part of that consortium to get on their platform, which is going to be an online mall. And what I'm proposing is that there are the creation of a multiple of online malls. A simple analogy that I like to use is that Nike does not only sell Nikes out of Nike town. What they've done is they've incorporated, you know, they, they've, they've done business deals, numerous other outlets to sell their sneakers. But it's made in the yeah. Nike factory, and they do have the Nike town stores, which are their flagship stores that are, that are the retailers of their sneakers, but they are not only relegated to just Nike town. So the brothers and sisters and, along yeah. the 25th Street who are independent, um, self-sustained black businesses, they should not only be relegated to just uh, their table or, you know, a lecture, waiting for a lecture to start or waiting for a festival annually to take place in New York or other places or Atlanta or D.C. No, they should be able to be in brick and mortar, but at the same time also be on, on be at um, different websites and online malls. Yeah, I definitely agree. agree. And I want to also say that, this: that was, like, the, initial, that was the initial premise of Comedic Science of Prosperity. We have a we have a a, a domain name called BlackStarMall.com, and we had we had built a website. But I think Reptil, you turned me on to the brother that was going to help me help me out with it. Mm-hmm. But as we got as we got further into it, the site that we had built didn't accomplish what we wanted. And for us to accomplish what we wanted, the site was going to cost us a lot more money, like twenty, twenty five thousand dollars because of all the coding and e commerce that was involved. And that was one of the impetus behind me doing the the presentation that I did and I mentioned it in there. And what the mall was going to do was going to bring businesses, black businesses from all over the world. Because nowadays you can order something online today, and if you're willing to pay for the shipping, you can have it at your doorstep tomorrow. So the world is a, is a lot smaller place now than it was, say, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And, you know, we we want to live, we, we, would, we would try to recruit as many businesses as we can to list on our mall in different categories. So if you were selling jewelry, we had a jewelry category. If you were selling T-shirts, we had a T-shirt. If you were selling, you know, whatever products, we had different categories, books, DVDs, health and beauty products, all, you know, all different categories. Um, but what was prohibitive about the site was the e-commerce part because the way we wanted to do it was if you were a member of Comedic Science of Prosperity, when you bought something through the mall, you got a discount on your purchases. So when that's driving um, business 
to the different sites. All right? Um, and with the membership fees that we will be regenerating, that in turn was going to be putting opening businesses to help some of these people that only had online businesses help get them into brick and mortar. Because, see, that's what the 125 Mart started out to be. The 125 Mart started out as an incubator for small black businesses to get people in there to get the feel of what it's like to run a business every day and then get them to the point where they can develop a market for their products and then move out into their own location. But the but the mall itself was so poorly managed that it went out of business. But what Committed Science of Prosperity wants to do in opening these businesses is not to just, you know, give people financial assistance to open a business, but give them that back office support. Show you how to handle your accounts receivable, handle your accounts payable, how to pay your taxes, how to how to determine whether or not you're making a profit or not. You know, a lot of a lot of small businesses they say, Well, okay, if at the end of the day I got more money in it than I than I started with, then I made money and that you know, not necessarily the case. A lot of people with good business ideas are not necessarily good business people, and they have to be trained in how to, you know, run a business and make it profitable. And that's the type of support we want to give to businesses. You know, accounting, accounting support, finance support, entrepreneurial support. That's that's you know that's that's one of the underlying goals of what we're trying to do in this trying to start this economic movement is to, you know, not just start businesses, but help businesses to stay functioning. Mm-hmm. Very much so, needed, brother. Yeah. You know, very, Who is very this speaking right here? Who's this speaking right here? Redfield. Oh, that's Redfield? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm having a hard time distinguishing between you and Bluetail. <laughs> okay, indeed. Um, I know the difference I when I see y'all, but your voices is, is, is similar. Yeah, yeah. Before right. we go further, I do want to give a shout out to our brother Baba, Baba TV. He um, shout out Baba. Enough. Yes, Baba. Every time, more fire. You know, our brother out of Syracuse, New York. Uh, shout out to my brother Sharif, Anail Bay. Shout out to Brother Sutek. Shout out to Sarnetta TV. I encourage the family to visit the Brothers channel because all of these brothers that I just mentioned have uh, videos up there where they are building, expounding on what we're talking about tonight. Brother Sutek has a video up there that is an introduction and um, primer to his main video that is on KTL Empowerment's page, our YouTube page, KTL Empowerment. And um, it's also on what page, Sutek? What's your page? Comedic Prosperity. And it's also on Comedic Prosperity. Uh, our brother Sharif Ana El Bay came down from Syracuse this weekend and stopped by the House of Consciousness on 125th Street and did a powerful, powerful, insightful video. I recommend I'm going to drop it in the chat room, but we have a lot of people that listen to the show in the archives. So I recommend that you brothers on your lunch break or whenever you have time, pull up uh, Sarnetta TV, 
or um, what's the other channel? Black News 102. Black News. Black News 102. There you go. You know what I mean? And uh, the TMZ of consciousness. You dig? And uh, check those videos out. You know, uh, feel free to share them. And feel free to leave comments, questions, and concerns if you want to add on to the build or if you have anything that you say. But me and Sutek had a powerful, very powerful build today, um, just dealing with what it is that we're talking about tonight on the show. Um, and I definitely look forward to doing more work with Brother Sutek, you know what I'm saying, because, you know, the brother has a solid plan. So there's no, we don't need to look around and pontificate and worry about what we're going to do. You know, it's in front of us right now, so we have to grab it by the horns because there is, um, you know, there is a need for some kind of, uh, there's a dire need for a movement in the direction of economic prosperity amongst our people right now. Uh, In the video, I spoke about the power of building our networks, the power of, you know, our network being our net worth, you know, taking advantage of the fact that there are numerous, I'm talking about numerous, numerous schools of thought and discipline inside of this circle or this common unity, this community that we call consciousness. I don't call it consciousness community, not out of disrespect and, and not in a pessimistic way. I just refer to it as the conscious network who, if we begin to successfully network, we will uh, materialize and actualize what is known as a community because you need to um, you need to um, exercise finances in order to build a community. I don't want to be a part of a, a theory. You know what I mean? I don't, we don't have to be a part of a theory, which we call the conscious community. We can actually have an actual community. We can have a small town that we can all travel to and navigate to, and inside of this town will be houses, centers, institutions, you know, and yep. other places that um, family right. We, yeah, we could call our own. They we did a show on this town. program, yeah, where they said the cities of the future will be cloud communities, communities are formed from people meeting on social networks and already, um, you know, excluding the factors that they don't want inclusive to their network. So it's like, oh, no, nah, we don't have nothing in common. You shouldn't. You're not part of this network. But the people that you do have commonality with, those are the people that you build your base with. And then you get yourself some land, and next thing you know, your virtual reality community has now become part of your your physical community, and it all started in the cloud. So there are people yeah. that are around the country and around the world that are tuned in to House of Consciousness that are not only tuned in for the the information aspect of it, they want to partake in the lifestyle where they're like, look, this is how I want to live my life. You know, I find commonality in this message, you know what I'm saying? But I want to see this demonstrated, like, are these people having fun? What do they do when they're not on the boulevard? You know what I'm saying? You know, Sarnetta look like family, man. That's cool. You know, all of these things are being promoted to people where they're ready to make decisions. They like, it goes from, you know, I want to look at this program every day to they like, I want to participate in this lifestyle. And if you're able to 
afford people that to say, look, we have actual community where we got this land out here, 20 acres like they did at the Sumpter's Fresh Fest. We're going to bring forward, you know, the organizers and participants of the Sumpter's Fresh Fest to tell you how that was, where they was on 200 acres of sovereign land and they was, you know, they was living freely. They was doing it for a few days. But we all know when we go to these festivals and we congregate with one another how we feel, and nobody want to go home. They're like, yo, I'll sleep in the park if I could because I'm among mm-hmm. family. You know how it feels. All you need is some land. Take a fucking park over and put some trailer homes up in there. Start off somewhere. Containers. Yeah, brothers, you, right? you know what's the most girl, fertile land right now? What's that? You, you know what's the most fertile land right now? The it's city of Detroit. Detroit. The city of Detroit. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, yes. You can go to Detroit right now, buy up shit. If our economics was together, yes. if if we had started committing science of prosperity, say, 10 years ago, we would be at a strength where we could go into Detroit. Yes. Because right now, Detroit is a ghost town. Factories are shut down. Right. Like crazy. But yeah, you could go into Detroit. You can go buy factories. You could go buy factories in Detroit, retool them, and start manufacturing products that we need. You can you can you can make a toilet paper factory. You can make a sneaker factory. You know, I mean, in actuality, all you need to sell sneakers in this country is not Nike that sells the sneakers. It's Jordan. That sells the sneakers. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And KD, Durant sells the sneakers. Yeah, Durant, Durant sells, sells the sneakers. sneakers. Carmelo LeBron sells the sneakers. LeBron sells the sneakers. If we could get some of those athletes to support our brand, you pay. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they don't care about the Nike. It ain't Nike. Nike hitched its wagon to LeBron. They never hitch LeBron to their wagon. They hitch their wagon to LeBron. LeBron is pulling that wagon. I was just watching a 30 for 30 with Bo, on Bo Jackson. With the whole yeah. Bo knows. They, yeah, they Bo knows. They said right? that with they, Bo they, Jackson. They said, he said it all. With Nike. When Bo Jackson got down with Nike, their sales increased 1,000%. 1,000%. He's the one that kicked it off and but they were able to see what it could do because of the cross trainer, this was an experimental shoot. They're yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. just see how it goes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, You're going to rock yeah, the shoot. Yeah. You fit the prototype, and he took that shit and did something monumental with it because he tied it to his meteoric rise. His melanin was firing. They was like, we need to become a commercial partner with your carbon. And they became partners with it. And, yeah, and he was able to take that shit to a whole nother height because he was doing things that seemed superhuman at the time. So they was like, yo, who is this nigga? You seen the special? They was like, yo, he was, his shit was alien-like, what he was doing. His carbon was coming alive. And as a result of that, he made them mythological. They put the victory on his heel, right, the wings, the Nike. And he took off, and they took off with him, and they never stopped because they went and got the one who floats in the air next, the wings. They got Jordan. 
follow with me? Mm-hmm. And and they got spikes. You know what I'm saying? They got to do the uh to do the what you call it, the commercial with with the malls black men aspect of things. Just, come on, son. Are you crazy? Yeah, we should start like the two fifth today. And now this city is being yeah. now it's being helmed it's helmed by the king. You know what I'm saying? It's helmed by the king. This nigga who's Dang. doing astronomical shit on the on the court, his carbon is firing. And he's doing out of this world Superman shit. And he knows Dude, who's the man. king. It's not Nike, family. It's not Nike doing that to these brothers. These are black guards. If they was wearing Chiclettas or Tims, it, it doesn't matter. You feel what I'm saying? It's not Nike. It's the shoes? That was the so, campaign. It must be the shoes. It must be the shoes. How you going to give somebody that? that? Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about clever marketing schemes. But at the end of the day, when you look at it, these are your black diamonds. We spoke about this before on the show, that the number, one of the number one imports out of America is the black diamonds. That's, that, that are your, that's your stars, family. That's your Michael Jordans. That's your Mike Tysons. That's your Biggies. That's your Puffies. That's your Jays. That's everybody that they're able to profit in the multi-billions off of. One of the posts that I put on Facebook earlier this week is a running joke amongst wealthy white men in all industries, not just the music industry, in all industries is that hip-hop is 40 years old and they have yet to produce a billionaire. I don't care about the Dr. Dre Beats headphone deal. Get off of his sack. Hip-hop is 40 years old and has yet to produce a billionaire off of hip-hop solely. That is the running joke amongst millionaires, billionaires, and trillionaires in all industries, they laugh at the fact that Negroes are so incompetent. They got Europeans who are like golfers. These people may even be into like they they dealing with like they're all into something else like petroleum, and they made a billion dollars off of hip hop, a multi-trillion-dollar industry, not billion-dollar hip hop in its forty years of inception multi-trillion dollar industry. So the fact is this, family, we are already rich. Noble Ali already told you that, okay? And a whole bunch of other prophets dropped that on us. It's not the European who is the source of wealth. They are not the ones who are the ones. They are just the ones who are creating the products to feed the real people who have the real wealth. Do you know uh, the Nielsen report just came out and said that Black America, African Americans, Afro Americans, Negro Americans, whatever you want to call it, are in what is it? Two point two trillion dollar trillion, not billions, not billion trillion dollar buying power. Now, when people hear power, they say, "Oh, I'm powerful because I can buy." I'm powerful because I'm a debtor slave. I'm powerful because I'm only a customer, but you produce nothing. The number one consumer of technology in America is African-Americans, starting with the mobile industry. All you niggas got phones, but you never know how to build an app. Everybody knows is on the, is inside of their inside of their phone playing Temple Run and Angry Birds, but nobody knows how to build these apps. 
the app market is a multi-billion dollar market. It just it, it was just created recently. All forms of technology, all of them are open source. They're open source, meaning that open source meaning that you can copy the source code and tweak it and it and create your own thing. You are the real wealth. Your mind, your carbon, your melanin, what you can think, your ideas, all apps are ideas. They all started as ideas. All of this technology is just ideas. Watch Silicon, what was that? Silicon Valley is a series on HBO. It's a comedy, but they drop a lot of science in that. New York City is called Silicon Alley. There's millions upon millions of dollars allocated for impoverished or at-risk youth or black Africans or African-American, whatever you want to call it, there's money on the table waiting for you in Silicon Alley, which is New York City. Second only to Silicon Valley when it comes to the kind of capital and funding and gross domestic products dealing with technology and things of that nature. Why aren't people talking about this? Why are we, why are we still suffering? Why is brothers and sisters suffering in New York under this economic warfare and we're not tapping into the resources and the things that are right in front of us. Like I said earlier, we are the largest consumers of technology. So you mean to tell me that nobody has even bothered to do the research on that market? You haven't done the market research to figure out where it is that you fit in, into a market that you are the largest consumer of. And it's not the European or it's not the Asian or it's not the Indian's job to tell you about that. They, they're not supposed to inform you because they're worried about their bottom line. They're in business, like Brother Sutek said. They're the competition. When did you ever hear the competition? You watch basketball, did the Spurs tell the OKC what their next play was going to be before they went on the court and hit the three? They're on the court to win. They, they have to win. They have to take the title home. That's what they showed up for. So why is the European, why would you think that the European or the Asian or the Indian will tell you Playing what's going on inside of the industry? That's not second. Hmm? Family, you have to value brothers and sisters inside of this community that are doing the research the priceless research that you can't even put a price on. If we were in a European company, do you know how much money we would get for research and development? Do you know how much money the philanthropy would, would, would send us if we were inside of a European institution for the research that are being done on all different levels? This information is valuable, and it becomes more valuable when the information turns into knowledge, applicable knowledge, when you take the information and you utilize it and you move forward with it and we make something happen as what? Not as individuals because it's, it's, it's almost impossible for an individual at this point in the game when the score is 1,000 to 1, it is almost impossible for an individual, even a few individuals, to make an impact in the game. We have to operate as a cool. network. Yeah. Brother Sutek, your line is back open. Cool, the gang. Thank you. My phone dropped out. Indeed. Yes, indeed. We have to operate as a network. When we begin to operate as a network, case in point, one of the most simplest 
um, examples of how we can win operating as a network. And I, I brought it up before, and I will continue to bring it up, is network marketing, uh, multi-level marketing. It is so simple that if you move as a network inside of multi, uh, uh, multi-level marketing, everybody wins. If we go 100 deep, I don't care what the program is. It could be Herbalife. It could be whatever you want, whatever you can think of. If you move into a network marketing construct, the Royal Network, if you move into Feeder Matrix, if you move into Explosive, if you move into MCA, 100 deep where everybody has $100 to invest, everybody wins. You, you know, you know, you know, you know. Check this out. You know what is a? Uh, uh, you don't even have to have your own products to have a network marketing thing. I mean, no, there are so there are so many business ideas that when when you sit back and and you see the type of businesses that are opening up now, and you see the different types of businesses that are coming. And, and to play, you, you got a company fresh direct. The motherfucker, you order your food online and they deliver it to you. The next day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got so many different. Listen, this technology, we need to start learning how to use this technology for profit. You understand? Everybody yeah. else is using this technology for profit, and we're using it to play games. Like the brother said earlier, right. we're using it to play games, to, to get into everybody's business, to meet girls, to meet guys, boom, 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 boom. We need to take this technology and learn to use it for profit so that we can build, so that we can build, man. We, we play with things. Everybody else is using this shit. You know, listen, you can't tell me that with the way these kids manipulate these phones, this Internet, this Twitter, this Facebook, and all of this, that if you sat them down and gave them the fundamentals of what was going on behind the scenes, that you couldn't pull out your 100 Mark Zuckerbergmans and, you know, all the, all these other cats, you know what I'm saying? Our kids are just as smart as them. Yeah, yes, but, but what we need to do, what we need to do is, and what we're trying to do with Committed Science Prosperity, is have that capital available to invest in them, so that they can move forward. So that when we spot these kids, can invest in them instead of one of these other ethnic groups investing in them and then controlling them because you're loyal to who pays you. That's just a simple fact of life. You're loyal to who pays you. And until we can start hiring our great minds, our great minds are going to go work for somebody else. That's that's just a simple fact of the way the world is constructed, you know, is what's real and what's ideal, you know. We have to be able to take our great minds and pay them to work yes. for the community. The community's got to be able to pay these people to work for them, you know. <laughs> and and that that's where 
where I was proposing into into network marketing as a consortium and as a network, what we can do is create multiple income streams. With those multiple income streams, we could create in one of those income streams or with just taking um, taxes out of the different income streams, we can create a treasury or we can create an, a, a, a budget to begin to pay those brothers and sisters that we have coming in to work with us. All right. Just listen, you got all these trade schools, these junior colleges popping up all over the place, MCI, ECI, Toro College, Monroe College. Yeah, listen, Monroe. we can do the same shit for our yeah, kids and, and teach them this technology so that, listen, at one, at one point we, everybody thought my, MySpace was the be-all and end-all to this social networking shit. Yes. And then they come along with Facebook. Facebook knocks. You ain't never heard, you ain't heard nobody say MySpace in the past five years. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> then, they come with, then they come with Instagram. Made enough money where they said, you know what, fuck that, we buy an Instagram. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. the next Facebook is on the horizon. That is. All we gotta all we gotta do is put people in the room and have them develop it. But we gotta be able to pay them while they're in that room. You know what I'm saying? We yes, indeed. And even even when you when you when you do the knowledge on how the pay rate goes with these companies, you offer equity into the company to most of the developers. That's the modus operandi how it goes anyway. You know what I'm saying? So the developers who are in all of these um, startups that are that are that are popping up all over the place, all of these different apps, uh, startups, and you know they they're inside of all of these incubators and accelerators. You know they're being paid with both cash, but also with equity into the company. If yeah, that's what Microsoft did. That's what Microsoft that's what, did. That's what Apple did. That's what you see yeah. in the movie Jobs when you watch the Jobs movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had the scene where he before he went public. They were they had to divvy up the company and the shares to everybody that was involved in building up the company. And he and remember yeah, he shared. Yeah, so you had secretaries that was millionaires. That's what Microsoft. You got secretaries that are millionaires. Multi, multi, multi billionaires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know because they work right. for equity in the right. company. They work right. for ownership right. of the company. Right. So what did the dude? Look, the dude that just bought the Clippers, right? Balmer had. I think eight percent stock in the company, and he left. He was twenty billion in when he left. You understand? He left with twenty billion. So, and he bought the Clippers for two billion. You feel me? Wow! In cash. In cash. Let's see the cash. That's, so, what the, that's that's what I'm saying. We yeah. need that understanding on how this system works. Right. We need to yeah. understand yeah. how this system works. And you know what? I'm willing to teach classes on finance, economics, business accounting. That'd be another. I'm willing, another I'm willing to teach. See, a lot of people don't know my background. I'll be a lot, of people, a lot of a lot of yeah, people don't know background. my background. My background. I got a bachelor of science degree in accounting and finance from Boston College, which when I was there was one of the top business schools in the country, and I worked for 30 years in corporate. Uh, for, for Fortune 500 companies, 
you know, in upper management. You know, I, I read a post where somebody said, um, yeah, Sutek did all of that. What the fuck is he doing selling T-shirts on the 25th Street? Well, when I came up, I came from the era, right, and y'all brothers know me. Don't ask me if you don't want to know the truth. You understand what I'm saying? I don't bite my tongue. I didn't come up in the period of politically correct. You understand? I came up in the era, you work hard to do your job, you could. You go home, you could. Somewhere along the line, it changed from that to political correctness. And, you know, I didn't know how to be politically correct. You understand? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep it 100. I didn't know how to be politically correct. You know, didn't know how to walk that corporate walk. I didn't know how to walk like that, that, you know, you know, because it, the environment changed. You know, the corporate environment changed. You used to be able to just go to work, do your job, go home, and that was it. Now you have to be politically correct, and I didn't know how to be politically correct. So at 52 years old, these motherfuckers let me go from my job. At 52 years old, it's hard to go out and find another job. You understand? So I fell back on my store thinking that black people would support me. Black people didn't support me the way I needed them to support me. And they did. <laughs> but don't feel sorry for Sutek, because Sutek going to collect Social Security, and he got over $150,000 in a 401K. You understand what I'm saying? So in three years, all I'm going to have to do is, as Chris Rock say, I'm just going to go to the mailbox. Not Chris Rock, Chris Tucker. He said, I just got to go to the mailbox. You know it? But you understand? So, But you, you were responsible. You had the brick and mortar, the Soul Brothers Boutique right there right. on 128th yeah. Street. You were very right. instrumental in black economics. You were one of the first brothers who uh, welcomed Taj Tariq Bay, Sister Rosmariah Bay, to start the Morris class in your storefront. You had Dr. Sabi in your storefront. Did you have Khaled in there, like Khaled Muhammad? Like you had some people in there, you know, some of the early. I had Malik Zulu, I had Phil Valentine, I had Dr. Sabi, I had Dr. Ben, I had Dr. Small, I had Dr. Kappa, I had uh, Master Naba, I had Nelly Fuller. I had Tony Browder. I had Marimba Ani. Because we were, we were doing it back there. A lot of the young yeah. scholars covered up. I had A.A. Rashid yeah. when he first came home. When he His first came home, home yeah. was in my store. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, for the brothers, my yeah, business background yeah. is well-rounded. I, my last job, I managed 17 people. You know, my was the head of the department. I managed 17 people. So, you know, I have a very deep business background. Understand? And not only that, you know, I managed several of several artists, recording artists that people know. I was DMX's first manager. I was Lonely Lux's manager. You understand? And I came up with brand Nubians and them guys. You know, so you know that that's my background. I'm not I'm not just some t-shirt kid on the street that's 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 trying to tell people how what to do with their money and how to do with their money. You understand? I have a, you know, I have the, the 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 street knowledge, but I also got the book knowledge and I also got the empirical knowledge. You know, at the corporate level. 
to be able to stand in front of people and um, give them the knowledge that I have. So yeah, you know, you know, I'd be willing to do finance classes, teaching people finance. What finance is is the management of money and financial instruments. That's different than business. That's not business. You know, accounting. I can teach accounting. Account, accounting is the recording of business transactions and rep, the recording and reporting of business transactions. I could teach accounting. You understand? Economics is the science of the management, the, the manufacture, the production and consumption of goods and services and their management. I could teach economics. You know, so, um, you know, that that's my background. So I feel, you know, I'm, I'm qualified to say the things that I'm saying. You know, I'm not just like, you know, pulling shit out of my ass and trying to tell people things. You know, this this is uh and and business and finance and accounting and this business and economics, it's not a white or black thing. It's like math. It is what it is. You understand? You, you can't you can't put a, a a racial element to mathematics. Yeah. You know, it's a science. It's not, you know, this this shit is science. Knowing what you know about economic theory and capitalism, you know, how can you account for the fact that somebody can come from a village that doesn't necessarily deal with capitalism as an economic base and come right into the city, you know what I'm saying, set up shop and be successful, where you don't see too many bodegas going out of business. You know what I'm saying? You don't don't see see them going out of business. Huh? No, I said you don't see them going out of business. Right. So what is it about economics that they're so, they're able to catch it, you know what I'm saying, the theory of it and apply it in such a way where we only see these businesses growing? If it's not just about buying low and selling high. First of all, first of all, when these people come to this country, we look at them here and see them looking like peasants. You know, them Arabs in these stores, they look like fucking peasants behind the goddamn counter. You understand? But they come from a culture where they were probably businessmen in their own with, you know, in the countries they came from, you know, and they grow up, you know, in in those businesses. Like, when you see these Korean businesses, they had their kids in the stores with them, and the kids was working in the stores with them, you know, so they grow up in the business, you know. We didn't have that. Years ago, years ago, when I was coming up in the 60s and the 70s, these bodegas that you see in Harlem now with the Arabs in them, those were black people in those stores. Black people owned those bodegas and was operating those bodegas. But what happened was in the 70s with the, with the, with the black power movement and the civil rights movement, they made a way for black kids to go to college. In order to quiet us down, they gave black people the opportunity to get into college. The government was giving money to black any black kid that could get out of high school. You know, they was giving you BEOGs and 
all type of loans and grants to get you into college. A lot of these kids went to college. When they came out of college, take over mom and pop's business. They got a job working somewhere else. So when mom and pop was ready to retire, there was no family member there to take over the business. So what happened? They sold out to the Korean. The Koreans came in and there was a time in Harlem where Koreans owned everything, just like the Arabs do now. The Koreans owned every bodega in Harlem. And then what happened? They made their fortune 10, 15 years. They took their businesses downtown. So when you go down to Midtown now, all the convenience stores and delis and shit in Midtown, those are all Koreans now. And now the Arabs came in and bought these businesses from the Koreans. It's called ethnic succession, but the succession including black people. We need to regain those those businesses. Like I said, in those businesses alone, we spend an enormous amount of not only cash, but EBT. We spend an enormous amount of money in those stores that's not circulating in our community. And that's just bodegas. When you walk down Lennox right. Avenue, you'll see all different type of stores. It, it, check it out. In between 125th Street and 135th Street, 137th Street, there's 13 bodegas and two supermarkets. Do you understand? 13 right. bodegas and two supermarkets. There's a supermarket between one... 29th and 130th, and there's another supermarket between 131, no, 133 and 134. So, you know, there's an enormous amount of money that we spend just in food alone that we don't control those businesses. Yeah, the food is crazy. Look, we got four minutes remaining for the live cast. Family, if you want to continue with us, please call 347 
I'm waiting on the uh, let me let me say this while we waiting while we waiting. You know, a, a part of our economic program trying to raise the capital so we could, you know, fund the different things we're trying to do. We got a T shirt that we're trying to trying to promote. If you go to Comedic Science of Prosperity dot Big Cartel dot com, you can see the T shirt that we're trying to promote. Um well put together shirt, go check it out. She'd like to support versus t shirt. You're not trying, you're promoting it. Excuse me? You're not trying, you're promoting it. Right? Yep. Brother Brother Rock was on the line, he'd be like, You're promoting it. You're not trying. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta get the sign out the vocabulary. <laughs> we have to we have to activate these principles and language is very important because, you know, you're firing off these thoughts and the words is what's causing this, you know, formulation. So if you wanna actualize this thing that we're talking about because it's of the most important nature and you're a genius, you know, and, and have an opportunity here tonight to listen to you to really break it down and, and, and walk the family through all of these different economic theories and, and, and what have you. I know that that was very helpful to people in the audience. That many, you know, want to get their thing, they want to get their thing popping and they want to get their thing moving as well. Right, right. Dr. Amos Wilson says you can't have group power, individual power, until you have group power. We have to make our group strong, you know, and the way we make it strong is by networking, like the Red Pill was saying. We have to network. We have to combine. You know, organizations need to come together. You know, not just individuals, but organizations need to come together. We have a lot of organizations that probably don't even sit down and talk to one another. You know what I'm saying? Well, I know we do. And I'm 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 not just talking about, you know, like the Moors and the Hebrews. I'm talking about, you know, 100 blacks in law enforcement and the M- the blacks in MTA. You understand what I'm saying? You know, right? They need to come together. Okay. You know, <clears throat> they need to come together with us. You understand? Because a lot of them are probably in our community and members of our organization. You know, well, it's probably got the Vulcans that you know are members of our organization. But we need to get the Vulcans and the 100 blacks in law enforcement together. You know, all of those organizations, we need to come together and support a common cause. Can you share, Brother Sutek, the um, story of the brother that you were telling me about <clears throat> out of Harlem that was receiving uh, $2 from every uh, oh, friend? Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the brother's name was Kermit Eady, right? And Kermit Eady, what he was doing, he had a nonprofit corporation called Black United Fund in New York, of New York. And what he did was he went to, I think it was MTA workers and U.S. postal workers. Now, we have a large black population of MTA workers in New York and a large black population of postal workers. <laughs> what he was doing was getting a $2 donation every time they got paid, direct deposit, I mean, payroll deduction from each of those members 
from a lot of them. I'm sure all of them wasn't uh, contributed, but a lot of them was contributed. It was tax deductible to them because he was a 501c3, and he was getting a $2 donation from all of them. This brother was able to buy a radio station upstate. He was able to um, build affordable housing in Harlem. I mean, he, he was doing a lot of good work. But, like I said earlier, everybody with a good business idea is not a good business person. <clears throat> His accounting records were like candy store shit. He had stuff written on a piece of paper here, written on a piece of paper there. And because he was 501c3, <clears throat> you come under greater scrutiny by the government and the IRS because you get this tax exemption. So, therefore, your financial records have to be up to par have to meet certain requirements. He didn't meet those requirements. Elliot Spitzer came in, took his 501c3 away, and confiscated a lot of his assets, all right? To say that, oh, he did it because he was black, and blah, blah, he destroyed a black business, blah, blah, blah. Listen, you've got to follow the rules and regulations. You understand? You've got to follow the rules and regulations. He didn't follow the rules and regulations, so therefore he lost his 501. They they took his 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 corporate charter, and they confiscated a lot of the uh, the properties that he that he had acquired. But the brother was doing good. He just didn't have the the back office support that I'm saying that we at Comedic Science of Prosperity want to offer businesses that not only that we start up, but that are already started up to come in and help you, you know, with your back office business. Pay your taxes. You've got to pay your taxes. Keep good financial records. Because when you do need loans or whatever, you go to a bank or you go wherever to get a loan, <clears throat> you have financial records to show. You understand? Because that, that shows that the, the, your financial records is like your health chart when you go to the doctor. It shows the health of your business, you know. And a lot of people who have good business ideas do not know how to generate those type of records or manage the money in their company. And that's what we want to do at Comedic Science of Prosperity, is not only put people in business, but give them the support they need so that they can be successful. But Terminiti, um, he had a good thing going. There's another brother that I was talking about that we were trying to, we, we're gonna, uh, we are trying to reach to approach to be one of the board members on Comedic Science Prosperity. His name is James Craigman. He had something called the Million Dollar Club, where he had an email list of 200,000 people. People would submit business ideas to his little group. And they would select the business idea that was the best from the group that they were looking at. And when they selected the business idea, they would instruct the 2,000 people, the 200,000 people in their group, email, their email group, to send $5. That's $200,000, mm. $5 amounted to a million dollars to finance that right. business. But what he was doing was he was giving that person that million dollars to run the business, but you never knew what happened to it after that. You understand? You don't know if that person was 
business-minded enough to run his business. There was no, you know, after support. You understand what I'm saying? Comedic Science of Prosperity wants to do something very similar, put people in business, but give them that support so that they can run their business and make it profitable and help them sustain. You understand? Because it is very hard, very hard to run your own business. You understand what I'm saying? Especially if you're running your own business and you have a job. You understand? You know, it's very hard to, like, work a nine-to-five and start your own business. And then it's even harder to start your own business without a nine-to-five and you're relying on that startup business to pay your bills and support you and maybe you and a family. You understand? So people take their life savings and invest it in a business and they don't have the support system around them, they lose their life savings. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could, I could sit up here and tell you, yeah, you know, I'm going to put you in the real estate business. I'm going to let you buy. I'm going to show you how to buy houses. <laughs> you buy a house, but you don't know how to manage the real estate. You understand what I'm saying? You buy the house as an investment, and you're going to rent it out and do this and do that, and it all sounds good on the surface. But now... You got to learn how to manage that property. Yeah, the property. You understand? You got you you lived in an apartment all your life, and now you got to say, "Damn, you know, I got to fix the plumbing. I got to fix the electricity. I got to put windows in. I got to pay these property taxes. I got to do this. I got to do that. There's zone for this. It's not zone for that." People lose their shirt if they don't know what they're getting into. You know, so sometimes you just want to say, "Here." Take this money, invest it for me. You know what you're doing. Invest it and just give me a return on my investment. When you invest in a 401K, that's what you're doing. They take that 10% out of your check and you don't know where it's going. All you know is you get a statement every month to tell you how much you earned or how much you lost and what's the value of your portfolio. Boom. Now, we trust white folks to do it, but what we need to do is have trust in our own to do that people with qualified business backgrounds to do it, you know. And and like I said in my presentation, you're not investing in me. You're investing in the movement. You understand? We want to hire business professionals to manage the money, to set up the businesses, to give the support to run the businesses. All we have is the idea to direct people. You understand? That's the only function that we will serve is to to direct the people in what we want to do. We hire people with, with, man, we got so many black kids coming out of school with bachelors in business, MBAs in business. We got so many black people out there that that have years of experience in upper management that have lost their job that's looking for work. You got people with MBAs working, working in jobs that's paying them half the salary. Yeah. That we could hire to come in run businesses for us, train people in the run business. And the, the formula that we want to follow is franchises, where you open one business and then you just duplicate it all over the country, like McDonald's, like Wendy's, like Popeye's, like, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken. All they did was have one business and cloned it all over the country. 
You understand what I'm saying? And 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 if you was to buy a McDonald's franchise, they would send you to school on how to run it, and they would right. give you support all the way through. For as long as you own the business, you're getting support from McDonald's management, so that your your company, your business is successful. And the blueprint right. is already there. Remember in 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 coming to America with Eddie Murphy, where McDowell's had the burger joint. Yeah, and he was in the, he was in there reading the McDonald's manual. Yeah, you know what? The blueprint is there. They don't have to recreate the wheel. Yeah, the blueprint. Take it. You know, it's already there. We don't have to recreate the wheel. We see what businesses are successful in our company. We just copy them and go head to head. That's it. Simple. We need to talk when I get to New York, brother. I'm gonna leave it at that. I said we need to talk when I come to Harlem, when I come to New York. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Check this out. Know the ledge, brother, is so important to what's going on. Know know the ledge, sign at the TV. The reason we we are so far behind is we're not getting the message out to our people. You know, we don't we don't control media outlets like T V and radio and newspapers. You know, know the ledge and Sarnetta T V. Those are our vehicles to get our information out to our people, man. You know. You know how many lives we touching? Yeah, it's you know you brothers know better than me because y'all are online and y'all see the people, you know. But man, I got people come up to me all the time, and they like shake my hand and thank me, and boom! I'm like, well, what the fuck did I do? And you know, we we having an impact on people. Yeah, we still on the yeah. air. We off the air now. Nah, we on the air. We still got callers in the call queue. They still got their hands up. All right. Oh, okay. Let's get to some callers. Call us three four seven three four seven eight six nine. Three four seven eight six nine. Call up. Yes, indeed, and you know there's family that's part of this network that have businesses as well. Call up from the eight six nine. Are you there? Peace. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. We hear you. I hear Open. you. All right, all right. This is Vic G from Queens, man. I just had to let you know this is a powerful program tonight, man. Yo, I mean. I personally feel that, um, I mean, from my personal experience, I, I, I know that people, they move together when, when, when they see each other, like in the streets or versus, you know, being online and everything is all virtual. Man, this meeting got to happen in person, man. I, I feel like they need to be, just like how you were stating about um, Brothers Who Tech, but just like how you were stating about um, people getting together and, um, I guess, voting on what we want to do or where we want to put this money. I'm, I'm all for what you're saying about us just putting, like, 100 bucks together a month, you know? It's 100 right. followers, 100 bucks a month. Talking, at the end of the year, we're ready to put something down on, um, you know? Right. Well, check check out my video, brother. Check out the presentation that I got up online, and you'll see uh, the program I had. The, the, the reason... Man, let me tell you something. That video that I put up, it it exceeded my father's expectations, the response that I'm getting from it, you know. 
and I got a number of people that that, that want to invest. But what happened was I went through Indiegogo. I set up the funding program with Indiegogo. But Indiegogo, and what we're trying to do is sell ownership in the company so that people aren't just, like, giving us money. You, you invest it so that your investment, you know, will appreciate as the company grows. But Indiegogo won't allow me to sell ownership. So I have to I have to try to tweak it in a way so that I can still use Indiegogo, um, but, you know, tweak, tweak my, my campaign with them in a way so that I can I can use their funding. And I want to use their funding because I want to give people a sense of security of when they put their money in that. You know, look, there's, there's, there's checks and balances because, like I said earlier, integrity is the most important thing that we got, that we got to guard is our integrity. You know what I'm saying? Because I know with us, you know, the oldest trick in the book that they use against us is mistrusting one another. So, you know, until we get beyond that, I want to put all the levels of checks and balances on people's money so that they feel safe and secure in what they're doing. So, uh, but, yeah, you know, I think we put together a good way to uh, to help us pool our money so people aren't just, like, putting money indiscriminately into a pool, don't know where it's going, don't know what's happening with it. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's, that's, that's what needs to happen, that the ordinary person, you, me, red pill, blue pill, Sarnetta, you know, the, our audiences, the ordinary people, the everyday man and woman, we need to step up. We need to step up to the plate and take control of our destiny. And once we do that, then your celebrities will get involved. Then your people, your silent voices, because, you know, they're loyal to who pays them. But once yeah. people see us doing for ourselves, once yeah. people say, yo, you know, this group right here, this community right here is doing something, then they'll jump on board. Why? Yeah, because people are bandwagon jumpers. <laughs> They're going to jump on the bandwagon when they see us doing something positive for ourselves. Absolutely. And people, but, and people are getting involved. But we got us at the stage. We're looking for ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Malcolm, Marcus, Elias Muhammad, Noble Jewelry, those were ordinary men that did extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. And that's what we that's that's what we gotta do. Ordinary yeah. people like you and me, we need to step up and do extraordinary things. Why? Because our future depends on it. The future for our children depends on us. Absolutely. And that's what every other ethnic group does. When you see these El Salvadorians and these Mexicans come to this country, they live like paupers and they sacrifice for their kids, for their mm-hmm. children. They build, they, they sacrifice now so that their kids will have a better life. And that's what we, the mindset we need to take. We don't do that. We live for today. We live for this week. We live for the weekend. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess I, I guess I gotta ask a question. And I mean, like uh, just just knowing that we actually would have a if if it was possible, say we actually created a space, say we bought a bodega as, as you as you was talking about one of these spots. I don't know how much it actually costs to have one of those. Uh-huh. Of course, 
I know those things is money. But say we actually had that, you know, this is a space that could be used for all types of other means. You know, you could have the upstairs being used for community workshops and things of that nature where we're bringing people together. So there's you know what, so brother? Those bodegas generate enough money where you could, you know, buy the buildings. Yeah. If 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 you control like a lot of these businesses, like in Queens, you know, you take an avenue like Lennox Avenue in Harlem. Just about every building along Lennox Avenue in Harlem has retail establishments on the first floor. If you control the retail establishments on the first floor, you would generate enough money to be able to buy the building. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, yeah. Absolutely. What, what, once you control the economics, brother, uh-huh. and we and, and we just, right now, we're just talking about at the retail level. <laughs> if if we control the economics, then we can create the products to sell in the stores. Mm-hmm. And say, say, say that a black company owned Jimmy Jazz, right? So that gives you Jimmy Jazz, Dr. J's, and Harlem. Say you own those stores. You could you could buy clothes from black designers to sell in them stores, and people will buy it. Exactly, like, like the brother with the shoes. They, they don't look at the labels or the like those comedic science those comedic shirts that they're selling in there. People ain't looking at the label; they're looking at the goddamn design. That's right, and they think it's hot because it's in the store. That's right. These people don't know who King Cut is. The people who are buying those comedic shirts don't know who the hell it is on the shirt. Understand? So once yeah. you own the retail establishment, then you could your suppliers can be from your own community. Mm-hmm. So now, not only do you have the retail lockdown, now you got the wholesale and the manufacturing lockdown. Yeah. I'm that's, what at that's what the I'm Jews do. That's what the mm-hmm. Koreans do. Every mm-hmm. product in those Korean hair care product stores is made by Korean companies. Yeah. Every one of them. Because you got the black hair care product manufacturers complaining that the Koreans won't carry their, their products, carry products made by Koreans. So, you know, we right now we're just talking about the retail level. We ain't even get to the wholesale distribution and manufacturing levels. Absolutely. And I feel once we get to that level, once we start having that, once we have that trust down and we know what we're doing and now, now we're standing stronger, we're going to eventually just shut down everything around that. And then and then we only ones that could, that could purchase it because we ain't going to shop with nobody else if if we see how how we supporting ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Else. But see, it's got to start somewhere. we got to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, no more. Check this out. If 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 we controlled the economics and we were able to employ people, say we had a factory, we were able to employ people, you could have your own I got love for the Black Panther Party. I got love for the new Black Panther Party. They don't have an economic program. Their members work for the Caucasian if they work at all. You understand what I'm saying? They are Revolutionaries after work. <laughs> you dig it? 
if we could imply if we can employ our brothers then their organization would be a lot stronger their membership would be a lot higher and we need the new black panther party we need them you understand guardian angels you understand? You know, you had the, the Guardian Angels, Curtis Sliwa and his Guardian Angels. New Black Panther Party would be our Guardian Angels. And they could be Black Panthers 24 hours a day because they would be on the, they would be on the payroll. That's right. That's our line of defense right there. There you go. You understand? We Absolutely. need to be able to employ them. Brothers mm-hmm. got to eat. Brothers got to pay rent. Brothers got to feed their kids. Brothers got to feed their wives. You know, how much the is only one of those way bodegas? we do that? Huh? How much is uh, how, how much would one of those bodegas cost? Well, check it out. The bodegas it all depends on the community and the rent. You understand what I'm saying? I can't see the rent on the bodegas on Lenox Avenue being no more than three or four thousand dollars a month. A lot of the a lot of the food that they have in there. <laughs> First of all, you're buying stuff on credit. So if they send you something, you usually have 15 to 30 days to pay the bill. By then, you don't turn that food over. That food in the store turns over like three times a month. You understand and it comes down with And I heard um, most of the things they get right in, um, Tri-State, it all comes right there from Rockaway. They get comes, it, they comes where? Out, so yeah, they have yeah, a big yeah. right around Rockaway yeah. where they pick everything up from. Yeah, and check it out. Since all the stores are owned by one ethnic group, they probably get the get the items at a price that's below what anybody else would get because they buy so much. The they the buy that I was doing business with in the Bronx told me that they buy as an association. So yeah. they're getting it pennies yeah. on the dollar already. And I saw the Dominicans, the Dominicans go to death row. If you understand how cheap you can get shit in death row for, you don't have to get stuff on credit no more. You can go to death row and, and bubble that. There's right. the kids on the train yeah. selling the candy showing you how you could do that. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's the same on a skin level, but as an association, they buy it in one clip. You right. And so it's, 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 it's next to nothing. You feel me? Right, right. And, and but the markup on it is high, and it has to be high because it's perishable goods. You understand what I'm saying? You know, some of the stuff is per, on the perishable items. The markup is extremely high, but that food turns around, cuz. And they're doing like three thousand a day. Three thousand a day is three hundred ten dollar transactions in a twenty four hour period. That's three thousand a day. Three thousand a day times ten times thirteen stores on Lenox Avenue. That's thirty nine thousand dollars a day. Multiply it by four. That's how much it is a month. Multiply it by twelve. It's over twelve million dollars a year. In ten blocks, thirteen stores. That's a lot of money. Yeah, in ten blocks. <laughs> That's a lot of money in 10 blocks. Do the math. That's a lot of money in 10 blocks. That's not circulating in your community. 
that's going out your hand to another hand to another community. That money is going back to Pakistan or whatever Arab country they're coming from. They're not reinvesting it in the community. <laughs> so, you know, we're in bad shape, but, you know, we it's going to take a few of us to turn it around. We don't need everybody. Other niggas will get on board. Other cats will get on board later. But, you know, we need a group to get out here and start preaching this. And once we start preaching it, it'll catch on. Mm-hmm. It'll catch on. We gotta have we gotta have faith. We gotta start thinking like that. Thought is the creative process. Once we start thinking it, Commanding Science of Prosperity is really two divisions to the company. One of it is the Economic Development Corporation, which I did the presentation on. But there's another part to it called my own which is, stands for Master Your Own Mind, where we, we're teaching the sciences of the secret laws of attraction, secrets of success, you understand? And it's our contention that your life is an exact recreation of your most dominant thoughts. So when you learn to control your thoughts and to focus and concentrate on what it is that you want in life, that's what will materialize in your in, on the, on the mental plane, on the physical plane, but from the metaphysical to the physical. So as long as we keep speaking down and we changing the paradigm to economics, to, to, to controlling the economics of our community and, and concentrating on the future and making the future better, that's what's going to happen because that's what we're putting our energy into. We start connecting the dots from our past to the future, they're going to be all right. But we have to stay diligent with that. We have to stay committed to that. We can't let something go wrong. All right, brother. Thank you. Peace. Thank you. Peace. Go to another caller. Caller from the 615-294-615 caller. Peace. Welcome to Nova Lake. And I'm still opening. Again, I want to thank you for what you brought forth. Publicity Tech, it's like a um, continuation to a Claude Anderson conversation, you know, with solutions in real time for this time. Claude Anderson is the man, brother. Listen, we got the teachers. We really just need to listen. We need to start listening start doing, you know. Claude Anderson isn't teaching us wrong. He's teaching us right. We need to listen to him, you know. We had people before Claude Anderson. Amos Wilson, he was the master. We need to do what Amos said. Like I said, blueprint for black power should be our Bible. I think that uh, if I could could suggest, because a lot of youth, a lot of other people might hear People continuously invoking Amos Wilson. There's not a lot of videos out there or not enough supporting evidence of his work. Everyone didn't read the book. If somebody would do a lecture 
on Amos Wilson and his works and what he brought forth. If someone was to combine in that lecture what exactly Garvey did in, in, in addition to just the Black Star Line and his philosophy and how he laid it right. out, if you show the structure, if you show the visuals and the structure, I think that would be a lot more impactful, especially being a child on the corridor of 125th and telling these youngsters about the economic theory, but they've never heard it. You know, and, right. and they might have heard it in bits and pieces, but they don't know the philosophy and the theory to it. People always say, Amos Wilson, it's okay, what exactly is that point for point? You know what I'm saying? And the studious ones are going to go and look it up, but everyone is not catching it. They're just hearing you say these words. You know, in this so day and age, in this day and age, people aren't reading like they used to read. They're waiting for the movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Wait you're right. Somebody needs somebody needs to do a a, 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 a presentation on Amos Wilson. You know, and that you know what that sounds like something that you know I think I'd like to do. I, I, I think I'm gonna get to work on that right now. I think I'm gonna get to work on the Amos Wilson. You know what I'm saying? And I will have, uh, you know, you can have almost like a um, hidden color style. You can have different people speaking in excerpts. Like, yeah. you know, Booker would be people having his excerpts. Umar, yeah, yeah, Umar would give his piece. Either, even Brother Larry, you know, they want to see that level of unification of the information. And I'm out here in the streets and I'm telling you, House of Consciousness is penetrating. But like the brother Buddha was saying on Friday's show, you know, we don't want to create an environment where people are picking and choosing. So they like, I like Brother Sutek. Well, I like Brother Larry. You know what I'm saying? they like, yo, we want to right. be unified in our thought of how we appreciate and receive this information. We understand it has different aspects and different facets. But at some point, it has to be, you know, a, a point, a midpoint, a center point. And I think the economics, or I know for that matter, the economics, you're talking about a new economic theory, people can grasp it. Well, see, the thing it's about it, we're not even talking about a new theory. We're just talking about learning the theories that are out there, learning right. the theory of which we, we operate under. And, and with economics, <laughs> there's no right or wrong. You understand? But like with history, you can debate history whether this happened or that happened because none of us was there. We're relying on research of other people. You understand what I'm saying? But with economics, look, 2 plus 2 was 4 in the year 1, the year 2, the year 1000, the year 2000, the year 2014. 2 plus 2 always equals 4. That's what economics is. You understand? There's no yeah. right way or wrong way. It's just how do you want to get to that end goal? What's the most feasible way for you to get to that end goal? You can go many different theories that will get you there, depending on the resources that you have available to you is the route you're going to take. And that's what, like I was saying earlier, you know, we got to pull up MacGyver and put together a solution based on the resources that we have available. Some resources we don't have available to us that other ethnic groups have available. You know, 
So we got to pull a MacGyver and, and, and yeah. jerry rig something, you know, that'll work for us, that'll get us to the next level. That's I'm a, yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about. I'm having trouble with my, my studio, my board. Brother Red, are you there? Do you have access on your end? Still waiting on some of these lines to open. I see that we also got our brother Buddha back in the building. Let me open up his line and see if that line will open. If not, um, you know, I'm going to just let us finish it up. I mean, and we leave the people with that. So I want you one more time to repeat what your channel is so they can see your presentation in its entirety. Okay. Uh, the presentation in its entirety is called Kinetic Science Party Presents, Kinetic Science of Prosperity Presents Economic Power, now available in black, the hidden colors of black economics. And it's on YouTube channel KTL Empowerment. And it's also on Comedic Prosperity. It's about a two-hour presentation, a lot of information. I cover a lot of different uh, issues. Um, but like I said, the, the response has exceeded my wildest expectations. People are, are really into what we're trying to do. And um, check it out. Also, uh, we have a T-shirt that we're trying to sell to raise funds to, to keep our movement going. It's at kineticscienceofprosperity.bigcartel.com. Dan, check it out. Indeed. Do you have them out on the um, on 25th with you? Not yet. I will, I will next week. They're in production. But the ones okay. online, they, they, they ship out right away. I got another company that's doing the drop ship for me. Okay, no doubt. Yeah, so I don't I don't think these lines are gonna open. So I will allow you to do your outro, brother. You can say good night to the family. Say that again. I said I don't think these lines are going to open. It appears that um your board is stuck. So if you wanna put together your outro Okay. Well, first of all, I want to thank Brother Red Pill and Blue Pill for for having me on the show. Now, I've tuned in many a time and just sat back and listened, never really got in the queue. You know, many a time I sat back and, you know, called in and listened to you brothers. And um, I want to commend you all on what you all are doing. You all have several years at this, and uh, you all are doing a an excellent job, and I'm glad I'm able to to participate in it. You you were ATL. you were one of the brothers that were you were there from day one because you was on the block with us when this idea became formulated. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you right. also, you know, I was in your presence when I was doing street knowledge with Madison. We also had our feature operation in front of the Apollo, and we had the block right. popping. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, hopped over there, you know what I'm saying? And then we came back with the Michael Jackson. I mean, you know, we were second. We were setting economic standards that were unseen on 125th because we were unified. G came in the picture, and then you was in the, you know, everyone was supporting one another in the blocks. Right. Right. 
Right. And, and, you know, and, and check it out. Talking about, I'm talking about bringing back that energy, but now having it unified where there's a business template attached to it where we get our brick and mortar, but also that online thing is popping. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, we got to cover all the bases. Why can't we promote? We got to cover all the bases. We got to cover all the bases. You know what I'm saying? We can't leave no stone unturned. You know, but, um, you know, KTL, you're doing an a, a excellent job. Um, and, you know, y'all know y'all always have my full support in anything. Um, working with Brother Sarnetta is asking me to be the national spokesman for his uh, house of consciousness and the business manager. So me and Sarnetta are going to be... Um, taking the house of consciousness to another level. Um, you know, so look, we want the brothers to stay tuned in, you know, to what we're doing because, you know, it's, there's good things on the horizon, man. You know, we got some strong, committed brothers. Like, people got to know you and your brother committed because y'all been doing this for a long time. Sinetta's been doing this for a long time. You know, we got a lot of brothers that's been in this, in this, uh, trying to build this conscious community and take it to different heights and attract new audiences. Um, so, um, you know, we've we got a lot of committed brothers. And I'm looking forward to working with different brothers, different organizations, and see if we can, you know, get people to the table so that we can um, yeah. get behind a common cause. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go we're out. We're going to sit down and I'm going to... Um... I'm going to open up a ledger book and, and show you what exactly we're working with in regards to a network of bosses. There are people that have come to us right. with profound ideas, products, you know what I'm saying, and different opportunities that span the spectrum. Somebody with a background in which you're talking about, you have a system, now you need a product. So I want to come right. see you see a multitude of things that we can put into operation immediately. Okay, so again, I want to salute you for what you've done tonight, the continuation of some powerful conversations that have been taking place right here on this station. We will continue to raise the vibration of reclamation, you know what I'm saying, because each demonstration is even more, more, higher and higher in its vibration. With that family, I want to say peace. Check out the brother's YouTube station, his channel, to text. House of Consciousness, Brother Chimetta, Brother Reptile, all the family on 125th, the entire NYC massive stand up, everyone else and every other borough and every other community. You know, you got to understand that we don't even know y'all physically. We've never met y'all, never seen y'all, but out of love, we do this for the family. We do this for the family. You know what I'm saying? We have been on those front lines from day one upholding, you know, the image of greatness and the embodiment of the pursuit of excellence becomes a global community, both virtually and physically, right? So we will continue to bring forth the master builders that will be part of partaking and putting together the pieces of this new paradigm. And with that, I want to say peace.